Say, I be goddamn it, they done changed the rules. <laughs> it's going to be a special episode. <laughs> the following the following content oh, is shit, I didn't know we record. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Here we go. The following content is recorded by two niggas who have no idea what the fuck Russell Westbrook is wearing. Start the show. Any two people, they don't know what the fuck he's wearing, <laughs> including Russell Westbrook. What the fuck, Russell Russell Westbrook? This last this last outfit costume I saw this nigga. Have, somebody was like, somebody was like, what is Russell Westbrook about to go do? This nigga is about to go to his his deaf girlfriend's house and stand outside with cue cards and sing "Come Close." Wow, that's what he's about to do. <laughs> and, straight and, straight and, men should be banned from the Met Gala. <laughs> It's 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 not our scene, and you know what? I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you one other thing. You saw ASAP Rocky with that Captain Crunch ass blanket on. Oh man, he. <laughs> I feel like the whatever swag he had has gone down tremendously now that he's been with Rihanna. I don't know what that's about because Rihanna been swagged the fuck out, um, consistently. I feel like that's a fair trade though. Would would you personally be willing to risk some swag to be with Rihanna? One hundred percent. Women are getting to a point with relationships and how they treat relationships and the people in those relationships that they don't really need a partner. They just need a familiar. <laughs> For those of you that don't know what a familiar is, a familiar is commonly a vampire's servant in the daytime. That carries out their bidding in the daytime when they're most vulnerable. And sometimes they just are supposed to stay close to them <laughs> so that they can feed on them at any given time. Without turning them. Without turning them in the hopes that one day they will be turned. I am convinced that ASAP Rocky is Rihanna's familiar. Uh-huh. I'm also convinced that Machine Gun Kelly is Megan Fox's familiar. Ah. He just looks drained and just lifeless every time you see him now. Megan Fox still a top 10 white girl. Fam. I didn't want to admit it. Thumbs included. Megan Fox has not she literally looks as good as she did in the first Transformers movie. She looked better than the movie itself. I mean, I mean, that's that in <laughs> its, that is not a high bar to clear, mind you. These these celebrities are just buying familiars now, and in exchange, maybe you get to keep your career. Machine Gun Kelly, well, as a white boy, he flipped. By the way, uh, niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions. While black, your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I'm your boy Oz, and I'm way off topic. My bad. One hundred percent. No, no, no. Because I was going to bring this up uh, at some point in the podcast anyway. Because this is one of the things I noticed about the VMAs is that 
Megan Fox has a familiar now. And my thing is this. Have we heard anything from Partisan Fontaine lately? Not since he, he was tough talking somebody. I mean, that's it. He was, he, he, and a familiar is supposed to defend their master, like in the Dracula movie. So these women are just buying themselves familiar. And guess what else happened at the VMAs? Machine Gun Kelly got into a fist fight with Conor McGregor. Over what? It's Conor McGregor. Oh, Who gives true. a fuck? Like, look at what? All you got to do with Conor McGregor right now is sweep the leg. <laughs> Bitch, I'm wide up. Do the stanky leg. Do the stanky leg. Oh, man. Do the stanky leg. Oh, you have a problem with that, Mr. Lawrence? So I, I assume Jay-Z is Beyonce's familiar. Absolutely. Okay. okay. That is 100% familiar hair. <laughs> In case you did not know, it is episode 154. Mm-hmm. 154. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the new listeners. Uh, I shout out to the first day, first time listeners, last time listeners. If this is your last time, <laughs> shout out to the old, shout out to the old school day one. Shout out to the new listeners. After that opening, what the fuck are y'all doing here? <laughs> um, is this what you expected? Celebrity familiars. You will not get that on any other any other podcast mm. ever. As a matter of fact, that could be our burning question of the week. What relationships, what celebrity relationships do you feel like are just are, are just a vampire familiar relationship? Let us know. Uh, let us know. Hit us at uh, opinionswildblack at gmail.com or on social media. Uh, we'll get to the burning question of last week later. Yeah. How was your week, D. Randall? Uh, it, was, it was a roller coaster of just a bunch of shit, and I'm glad that I'm here now. Likewise, yeah, it was just a, a bunch of ups and downs. It was mine was about the same. Yeah, like this job, I I'm not used to this, so it takes some getting used to. It. it takes a lot of talking to yourself and kind of unconditioning yourself from some of the things that you're used to. I just have to keep my eyes on the plan that this is not going to be a long term job. Mm-hmm. Eight months to a year, man. I'm calling it. That's fair. Eight months to a year, acquire some skills. Yell at a couple of white people. Yell at a couple of white people and get the fuck out of here. Like, eight months, start looking. A year, I'm gone no matter what. A few people did hit me up and they, they said that they were, uh, they, they, they felt your story about the, um, about, about, about the chicken job. So the donut story has been, has been catching traction. Yeah. The, Craig Lindsay put me out there and was like, Oz's passive aggressive uh, <laughs> battle of wits with the with the white woman. Made me glad I don't have a nine to five. He was like, that is the pettiest shit I've ever seen. Look, man, it's necessary. My my plan to white my my plan for white women in power is never to kiss ass, but just to stay the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. You stay on your side. I stay on my side. And don't get them donuts. And don't ever get them donuts. Don't ever. You know how you, you feed the bears and they follow you home? Mm-hmm. They say that shit? Yeah. You feed the white woman even a little bit of, like, pleasantries, they follow you home. Everywhere. I don't. I'm out here dating. I don't need a, I don't need a blonde hair anywhere near me. <laughs> my birthday's coming up. I'm going to be out here 
Oh, well, I'm gonna be outside. By the way, I've decided that oh. I'm, I'm gonna be the fuck outside. Air horns for outside. Right, let's let's hear that for outside, man. I don't need a blonde hair on me at all. That's black woman repellent. Uh, make no mistake. Who the fuck is this bitch? This hair too straight. What the fuck is going on here? And I, and I love how I love how everybody at my job that I've told this to, or that heard it, just understands. Like I did some shit wrong. Um, I did somebody's order wrong, and getting the order right <clears throat> was literally a twenty-four hour ordeal. It, 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 not to get into too much detail about where I work or what I do. This was a twenty-four hour retail a retail ordeal. To get this order right and to get it into production and uh, teach me the right thing to do in this situation that I had never been in. Um, The white woman made an appearance on Friday. Right. So we I got through the half the first half of my day. And um, my my coworker, who is basically we're basically up there together all day who is training me was like, we're going to go ahead and get that order. Right. And we're going to show you what you need to do. Don't worry about it. And so I, it got really busy and I had to take a lunch cause I was starving. I come back from lunch. The white woman has appeared. The white woman has made her appearance and she is up at my station. Most of the time she was there to, that day. I wanted to, I made, I, I invented some busy work. To one, not interact with her, and to two, put off fixing the order that I messed up. Why? I am completely fine admitting when I've done something wrong. Uh-huh. I am completely fine being responsible for fixing the thing that I did wrong. I am not, nor will I ever be comfortable admitting that I'm wrong in front of a white woman in power. Uh, speak on it, son. Never. Speak on it, son. Never. I will never admit to wrongdoing in front of a white woman in power. Because it is because then they have a hold on you. Now like they say if you swallow gum, it sticks to your ribs for ten years or whatever that bullshit was. Uh-huh. That's a it, that's a white woman and their hold on you when they know you have a weakness. And the weakness doesn't necessarily have to be white women, the weakness can be anything. But they know. And it'll come up in a meeting. I don't need to come up in a meeting other than can you fix Oz's time. Mm. That's it. So I played the game. And the minute she left, can we do that thing now? That is what. So, yes, that is what you call a war of attrition. Got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do You cannot show weakness to the white women. You know, say a bear attacks you, I show him your belly or whatever, pour honey on him. Well, I don't know what the fuck it is. Don't show a white woman shit. Nope. Let her toss, let her toss her damn hair out that door, and then you fix it. Sure. So, well, I actually, don't do that either. That's Oz, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> so that's Oz versus the white woman for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Pivoting back to love, uh, flowers this week go to Simu Lu. Uh, from uh, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh-huh. Basically, he put out a tweet. This was like a week or two ago. He put out a tweet basically saying, look, 
Shout out to Chadwick the God. Mm. Rest in peace. Mm. Shout out to the Black Panther. Mm. With without Black Panther, there is no Shang Chi. Factual. Hit him with it. Factual. Without, I was and I will say it again for him. Without Black Panther, there is no Shang Chi. What do we mean when we say that? What we mean is, without Black Panther opening the door and disproving the myth that diverse content doesn't sell. There is no Shang-Chi. Like, for a long time, there was this myth in Hollywood that diverse content and women-centric content don't sell. And they don't sell tickets, and nobody's going to go see it, and we won't support it. And And to be honest, and I'm partially guilty of this too, I have perpetuated this a little bit in my own um in my in my own feelings on diverse content because I feel this way about comics a little bit is that people cry for diverse content in comics and they, do, they say we'll make new characters well instead of giving us Miles Morales as a Spider-Man character make a new character well one Miles Morales is a new character two when you give somebody a completely original character that isn't attached to a larger franchise they don't buy the comic. Right. Static shock. Static is just selling comics. Yeah. Now, and, and to be fair, that last com, that last static comic uh, before Milestone went the hiatus was bad. But still, nobody showed up to from issue one. So I have been guilty and complicit in the idea that diverse content doesn't sell. That does not translate to movies. Moviegoers want more diverse shit. Moviegoers want good stories from diverse characters and diverse creators. Uh We know that now because of Black Panther. Black Panther is still changing the landscape for now and for always. Ruth Carter is still eating off of her wardrobe work in Black Panther. Yeah. There are Winston Duke... Well, Winston Duke would have probably had a career wasn't without Black Panther, but he has a career largely. Yeah, it was it was definitely a good launch pad for him because of Black Panther. And you know, more than anything, like it it set records without it, it set it set records without having to compromise more of the material than you would expect. Correct. Uh, yes, it's a Marvel entity. It's a Disney entity. So they yeah, didn't need Captain America to sell it exactly. You know what I'm saying? They didn't need they, they didn't need Tony Stark to show up for no fucking reason Correct. to sell it. As a matter of fact, Tony Stark kind of gets ragged on a little bit right. by Wakanda in the Marvel universe, right? Because his technology is raggedy compared to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, it's um, tone it down more than necessary. Like there are there are a lot of inside jokes that we got one hundred that that they didn't get. I mean, the shit started off in Oakland in the hood. You know, right? It it. You know, it, it talked about the, the diaspora and it, and it talked about the difference between Africans and African-Americans. Those conversations that we typically don't have out in the open, so to speak, Correct. right there in a, in a fucking Disney movie. Right. Which, um, you know, circling back to Simu Lu, for Shang-Chi watching this, that, that, gives, that gives Marvel the courage to create uh, a Wuxian movie without having to compromise what that is. They didn't have to Marvel Correct. it up. There were no Avengers present. None. And even even having uh, Wong there. Yeah. 
that was dope. And with no real relationship, I mean, we know Wong is Wong is a uh, Doctor Strange's boy. Yeah, but you know, no real having to explain that, or no real having to name drop. Well, we we know Dr. somewhere Strange. somewhere in the other side of the world there was some real shit happening. Wong was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bounce over here though. I'm on vacation." <laughs> If if there's one thing Wong is gonna do, he gonna bounce the fuck out when the shit goes down. To every his, time. To his credit, he brought back everybody. This is true. He got everybody, so that that's a lot of work, man. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> he showed up when he knew. Yeah, the odds were about to change. Yeah, is it okay? So everybody, right? Bet that I can do. Yeah, and then shows up. Hey. I ain't mad at him. Yeah, he showed up. Yeah, he didn't just show up. He showed up with a fucking army. Yeah, because the last is, time. Because the last time he was like, fuck that. I got to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't getting paid for this. Half y'all motherfuckers disappeared. So I'm, I'm <laughs> get the fuck out of town. But it, but yeah, but Shang-Chi allowed it, it allowed it to be itself without having to to Americanize it more than, than necessary. I mean, it still fits in the Marvel Universe, but it allowed it to present itself without a different lens than it normally would have. And it changes and it changes things up, not just in that, but how everything gets cast now. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to switch this shit up a little bit. The Eternals? Mm-hmm. I remember when they first, first, first started casting the Eternals. All you heard about was um, Rob Stark and Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. being cast in this motherfucker. Yep. When Black Panther dropped and they knew it was okay to drop that to 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 unveil the diversity aspect, mm-hmm. my 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 dude from uh, Silicon Valley. Oh uh, yeah, swole swole Stuber. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my man from Silicon Valley, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, they start dropping those names. And then they start dropping little things like one of the characters is bisexual. Um, there's going to be a deaf character, who, right? And the actor is actually deaf. In the well, movie, exactly. You know, and, uh, and she's a woman of color. So, and so there. So Marvel, Marvel's just like shit. We could check off every box now. Exactly. We don't give a fuck. Disney definitely having fun with that now. Disney, slow down, because I didn't ask for Hawaiian Doogie Hauser. Here's the funny part. Though. I didn't ask for that shit. <laughs> I did. I did read. I read something this week, and I, I don't know how true it is. It, it's on the internet. Yeah. Um, that supposedly sometime in 2021. You know, Walt Disney's body has been in cryo, in a cryo chamber since he died like 55 years ago. Yeah. And someone's talking about bringing it out of cryo this year oh, in hopes that they can resurrect him. And I'm like, yeah. I said, you know Walt Disney going to look up. He's going to turn on Disney Plus. And he's going to be like, where the fuck all these niggas come from? <laughs> Bruh. I can't wait for that to shit to look like. Remember when RoboCop happened? Yeah. And you just and you just saw him going through them traumatic events, <laughs> and then they cut his shit off and cut it back on. Look, Walt Disney's gonna see. He's gonna see. He's gonna see Trump. He's gonna see COVID. He's gonna see a worldwide pandemic, and then he's gonna see some shit on Disney Plus called Black Panther. Be like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Go back. Go back. Mm, niggers. Who's this nigger in the movie? Uh, why is this? Why? Why is this nigger holding somebody's bag? <laughs> Why aren't you? Why aren't you riding the way I intended yeah. with them holding Captain America's luggage? They have a movie with a woman. What? What's happening here? What kind of hippie shit is this? Oh, oh his 
His robot body gonna go into overload. Put me back in the chamber. Put me back. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, put wake. Don't wake me up until the South rises again. Wait, God Elon, oh, it. Elon Musk going to Mars? Hey, just put me in the cargo for this. That's <laughs> one hundred. <laughs> um. So yeah, shout out to Simulu for uh, understanding the assignment. Yeah, I, look, tell your girl Aquafina to tighten up. We'll get into that later, but tell your girl to tighten up. Let's see. Humans ain't shit. Humans ain't shit is very simple. Speaking of someone who has worked in customer service and retail uh, most of his life, anyone who knowingly walks into a store five minutes or less before closing belongs in hell. True. Anyone who knowingly walks into a retail establishment five minutes or less before closing and grabs a basket firmly belongs in hell triggered for my target days i i only made one exception and my exception was this if you're going to buy some baby formula or some diapers or something correct all right i feel you just go everybody straight. had to make that last go straight run. to that aisle <laughs> go straight to that aisle Oh, I don't trust them when they walk in. I know what I need. No, you yeah. don't. No, you don't. Let's walk. Let me show you. Let's go. <laughs> Let me show you where it is. Yeah. What yeah. you need a basket for? Yeah. No, uh, I, I got. Ca- you. I'll carry it. No, I'll take it to the. I'll take it to the register. Yeah. I'll check you out. Don't worry. <laughs> the fuck? Because this happened to me this week. Well, almost happened to me. Somebody. Well, this Friday was a fucking mess. But someone called and was like, uh, "Do you have X and X thing?" Um, I need this. I, 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 I it, you know, and this is we close at five. It's four forty, mm. and he goes. So my GPS has me getting there at five o'clock. I said, okay. He goes, your GPS needs to reroute you to tomorrow. <laughs> He goes, all right, so you guys going to be nice? and or, So if I get there at 5 o'clock and then the doors are locked, are you going to be nice and, and let me in? Um, no. Here's why. We don't stick around and tidy up or none of that shit. And, but when 5 o'clock happens, we lock the door at 5 o'clock, and at 5.01, we are all leaving yeah. the building. So if you're there at 5 o'clock and 30 seconds... You're there too late because we have all left and clocked out for the day. We're gone. You don't get to stand at the window and go open, open, open. Like that dumb bitch in the commercial. (laughs) And he had a whole attitude about it. Um, He had something to do where he had to be there first thing in the morning. Let me impress another thing upon you on the same note. An emergency on your part is not a priority on my part. 100%. Be going, son. I don't get paid enough to make anything a priority of yours. So you understand how cheap the company I work for is? I don't get paid to stay till 5.05. They don't adjust my time. Mm. Actually, they did adjust my time that one time. Okay, I'll, I'll take it back. They had, me, they had me there at like 5.15 one time. They adjusted my time. They were nice because they were being nice about it. 
That's not a common occurrence. That was a one-time exception. I'm not rolling the dice there. Especially with me, because I live because I live so close technically. I just hit an Uber. If the Uber ain't waiting, I'm not waiting. The Uber don't get paid to wait mm. past five minutes. Mm. And I'm not gonna make him and I'm not gonna make him wait four minutes four minutes and thirty seconds. Nope. Anyone who knowingly walks into a store five minutes or less before closing belongs in hell. You have no reason to be there. Like I said, shit like diapers and formula, something like that. We've all been there. Or the motherfuckers that just want that that be in a shopping center oh. and just decide they want to walk around they they want to walk around until you close. Yep. They just want to shut the shit down. Get the fuck out. You can do that in a store that's still open. Get the fuck out. I hated that. I hate that at the bookstore, man. You know why? Because there were places that were perfectly open past our closing time that you could have didn't that you could have done this and just walked around bullshitting. Get the fuck out and go there. Song of the week. I realize this is going to be a big pivot <laughs> um, from telling people they belong in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, y'all know I y'all know my my musical taste range ranges from just about anything to anything. I went no, so I just built the the rowing machine. I keep saying I'm going to. Gotcha. I built the rowing machine. Go ahead, hit me with some air yeah. horns. Uh, I still gotta put water in it, but that's a whole other thing because you can't you you need a tool to get that fucking stopper out of the water tank, and so that tool is arriving or should arrive by the time I get home. I don't know what I was doing without power tools. So I went on and just bought myself a set. I don't know what I was doing without power tools. I'll have them for shit I have to build in the future. Yes. I was going through my workout mix, one of my workout mixes, and I came across Kirk Franklin. Now, I say what now? Kirk Franklin. Okay. I Stay with me. Okay. I, okay. Stay with me. All right. I'm here. I've never steered you wrong. Remember, I played a Wale song that you enjoyed. Let's let's not let's not use the word enjoy. <laughs> that very, you didn't hate. Okay, that's better. I mean, enjoy it is very strong language. <laughs> and some might find it misleading. Someone said us some shit that Wale said a, a week or two ago that I did. Maybe I'll dig that up. I might give a fuck. We we might get to that later. It's going to be a good episode. We don't have to. The song of the week this week is Love Theory by Kirk Franklin. If you don't get up and dance a little bit to this, okay. I don't know what to do with you. And, Randall, just stay with me. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Still not going to steer you wrong, bro. Take a drink. Yeah, take a drink. Pour yourself something. Get up and move a little bit. We're going to have a good time, man. And we'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go. Brothers and sisters. I want to welcome you back to life Back to the one That can make your next chapter Your best chapter Hallelujah How can it be
appreciate it. A mystery. It's amazing how. Your patience with me, God will never leave. You don't give up on me. So heavily. Help me. Help me to see. Like you. Like you. No matter what I go through. Hey. Everything's working for my good for a way. Let me tell you what he does. He saves the day. <laughs> and he will. He will come through. Hallelujah. by Kirk Franklin. Now, now, did I tell you? Did I tell you? You were worried for a minute. Uh, it's a very interesting addition to a to a to a workout mix. Uh, Kirk Franklin don't really make gospel music, man. <laughs> like that's that's one that is one of the that's one of the the songs that like when I was like when I was not working, I start my day to like when I when I when like when I would when I would work out. Well, I would try working out in the morning mm-hmm. instead of the evening. That was that. That was some shit I'd get up and dance to. That's one of those songs they used to bring young people to the church. <laughs> and the old folks, the old folks are sitting there like, I don't know what. They I don't know what they there. do. But at least they bring it in with Jesus, baby. <laughs> that, that that youth minister that's just a yeah. little too cool. Yeah, it was. Probably a little over flirtatious with some of the young girls. Oh, he was knocking them down on the youth group yeah. trips. Yeah. Real talk. He was knocking them. Y'all, anybody that used to go to youth group trips, y'all know. Y'all know the vibes. A lot of STDs shared. Oh, a lot of STDs. A lot of, lot of first. A lot of first that nobody's ever going to share 
openly and publicly. A lot of lifetime scarring. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of cases for opinions while black after dark. <laughs> I was at some of them youth, some of them youth groups. You know, I understand. It's better than Wale. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you know Wale was talking some mad shit recently about how niggas ain't giving them credit and how you doing what nobody's ever done before and. Mad at niggas for telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do that nobody's ever done before? Uh, well, to be fair, I have never heard of anybody making a whole album uh, based off of Seinfeld, and yeah. that shit kind of slap. And you know why? It's <laughs> a dumbass idea. God damn! How you gonna brag about being the first to do some shit that nobody gives a fuck about? That's why I don't trust anybody under five five. Oh. <laughs> God damn! Oh man. So, uh, speaking of speaking of rap, speaking of hip hop, speaking of music, in the spirit of sometimes people say that a lot of these entertainment platforms maybe judge judge a body of work too quickly. In the spirit of being. Timely and being first. Having said that, we're now what two weeks in with Certified Lover Boy. Mm-hmm. Do we feel differently about Certified Lover Boy after spending some time with it? Um, um, you know, since it since it's been out, my answer is no, not at all. It's 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 good. It's good. It's good. It's some shit to ride to. I still like it as much as I did when it dropped. Correct. I mean, my feelings have not changed. I still, now I don't. I mean, you know, it, and some people feel like it's a classic. That's on them. It's as good as I thought it was when it came out. There are no more classics, y'all. Stop with the labels. Just, just enjoy it. Though. Enjoy, enjoy the music. It. Stop trying to be great. Just be. History and time will decide what's great. Yeah. History and time will. Do, I mean, you can say something. Oh man, that was real, that was a really great album. I really enjoyed that. But as far as like the like the title of greatness of like you know being the like the goat, time and history and context decide those things for us, with or without us. Sometimes mm-hmm. there are there are a lot of people that appreciate the eight oh eight era of Kanye mm. now more than they did then. I don't think Randall's one of them, so we're not going to spend too much time on that. I'm trying not to speak too negatively all the time. Uh, I will say 808 grew on me, and I can see, I can hear now that there are artists out there that sound like that. There are artists out there that that followed that 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 pattern. I will agree with you. Um, 808s was actually took me away from Kanye, but I will say that that particular album did birth. A lot of uh, a lot of sons, Correct. Of Kanye, um, for better and worse. And shout out to Mike Dean and, and Travis Scott for <laughs> their contributions yes. to it because it was all them <laughs> and not Kanye. But it did birth like a, a total subgenre of overbearing auto tune music. Well, I mean, for better or for worse, like it, it. We would not have the Tenet soundtrack uh, without eight hundred eight and heartbreaks. At least the Travis Scott joint. 
I'm thinking Hans Zimmer. Um, no, 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 no. Not not necessarily the score yeah, per se. I got you. But like when that when that shit ended, it was that hard ass beat. Yeah. The first thing I thought of was 808s. Yeah. Even though some people say he did 808s with 909s. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> don't matter. <laughs> does not matter at all. That, those are just people like, there's so many people that just look for an argument. Well, technically, you use the 909. <laughs> in which the sub bass frequency range is technically, um, with the 808, it's, it's 0 to 400. With the 909, it's about a 100 to 500, sometimes 515. That's the difference. And no one who no one who thinks eight oh eight heartbreak slaps gives no one, a fuck. No one who has a sex life gives a fuck. <laughs> God damn. Oh boy, what the fuck is wrong with us? After we left, the VMAs happened. Um against my better judgment, I partook some of the VMAs. It took twenty minutes in for anybody I recognized to show up. I don't know who the fuck Olivia Rodrigo is. I don't know who the fuck Camila Cabello is. All I know is it looks like a bunch of uh, it looks like a bunch of white bitches in cars uh, complaining about boys. Sometimes in a cheerleader outfit. Mm. I don't care. Um, Doja Cat. I all I kind of recognize Doja Cat. I know I know who Doja Cat is and I know her music. I cannot pick her out of a lineup, even though she is attractive. Interesting. Um. I had an issue. I had a couple of issues with the VMAs, actually. Um, You're too old for them, sir. Well, technically, yes. But that argument only holds up for so long because everything about it was attracting, was trying to attract my demo. Gotcha. The theme was MTV's 40th anniversary. Damn. How do you feel? How do you feel? Damn. How do you feel? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's wow. been that long. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sit with it for a minute. Four zero? Four zero. Bro. Yeah. 81. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So they brought out a lot of, they brought out some people very briefly over the years that have influenced MTV for better and for always. Even though I don't understand how you have a 40th anniversary of MTV and we don't see people like Kurt Loder. Mm-hmm. Allison, what's her name? Matt Penfield. Downtown Judy Brown? Downtown Judy Brown. Fab Five. Is Fab Five Freddy still alive? He's still? Wait, is he? Hold on. Let's find out. I feel like Fab Five Freddy's still here. Uh, Ed Lover. That was another thing. He's still alive. I know he's he's still alive. They probably stopped taking his calls, though. (laughs) That was the other thing, was that I I didn't see enough of the Yo MTV, MTV Raps vibe. I didn't see Dr. Dre. I didn't see Ed Lover. I didn't see Fab Five Freddy. Those were people that influenced the culture at their time, for better and for always. And Fab Five Freddy's still alive. Okay, cool, cool, cool. He did not get invited. Exactly. Did not get invited. It was a lot of like, don't get me wrong, I fuck with Cindy Lauper. I fuck with uh, David Lee Roth. I didn't see enough of us in that history. And the closest they got to us in the context of 40 years of MTV was Jennifer Lopez. And that's not close enough. Damn, they didn't even get Carson Daly? No Carson. Wow. Not even not even the not even not Carson Daly, the dude Damien. <laughs> yeah, Damien Fahey. Remember yeah. him? Yeah. Didn't even get him. What about Caduce? 
Or was Ooh. he on BET? No, I think no. He was on. He was on MTV. Caduce, Sway. Y'all can't get Sway Calloway on this motherfucker. So, and, and and we didn't even talk about that in pre-production. So that's so that's not even problem number one I had with this shit. It it seemed like a retrofit. It seemed like something where we need to where where we need a theme now. It's two weeks out from the VMAs. We're doing this. We're doing this live. Uh, no green screens. And we're actually going to have people there. We need a theme now. And they retrofit this, and they got people they knew they could get because David Lee Roth ain't doing shit else. He's not dead. Only just barely, bro. Damn, just barely. Drugs be keeping these white people alive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been saying this for weeks. Their legends are just hermetically sealed by drugs. It don't make no damn sense that David Lee Roth is still alive after the time he had in the eighties and nineties. The fuck are you? Fuck out of here! Because didn't Van Halen just seem more sober once he left? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and just constantly looking at him like, Dave, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Maybe that's why I stopped listening to Van Halen. I don't listen to bands after they sober up. Aerosmith started getting sober. They had me for that one album with, where Liv Tyler was in every video. <laughs> that was it. That was that, they, they had me for that, and I jumped off that ship. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, that's a good example. I have not fucked with them actively since Blood Sugar Sex Magic. After that, they got they got sober and they stopped wearing tube socks on their dicks, and all of a sudden, they got boring and started just speaking in yo gabba gabba. Yeah, fleas teeth stopped falling out. <laughs> Damn man. <laughs> What have y'all done to yourselves? Yeah, I don't fuck with any of them when they sober up. That's why the Red Hot, That's why the Rolling Stones never got sober. They out here shaving and bathing and shit. Like, come on, man. Kiss started doing unplugged and shit yeah. with no makeup. What the fuck? Are, what the fuck are y'all doing? Anyway, VMAs. More problems I have with the VMAs. Now, I only watched because MTV worked so hard. I didn't want to bring this up last month, last week. But after we got through talking about Normani not being at the VMAs, all of a sudden they were announcing that they were announcing that Normani was definitely going to be at the VMAs. So I said this might be worth watching. That between that, and we know we're getting Chloe, and we know we're getting Doja Cat, and a couple others. They are trying very hard to market this event on the backs of black women. So, I said, why not? I sat through 30 minutes of white people I didn't know. <sighs> yeah, that was rough. Um, Doja Cat did an adequate job hosting. She did a better job of selling Pepsi. Uh, they showed her Pepsi commercials the whole time. First, I saw... Who did I see first? I saw Chloe. Chloe Bailey. Beyonce Light. And that is okay. Yeah. Because she tore it the fuck down. She co-won the VMAs, basically. She didn't win an award. Not one. Mm. But she won the night. Chloe Bailey is incredible. She didn't miss a note. She didn't miss any moves in the choreography, it looks like. My favorite part of the performance is that she licked the fucking microphone. <laughs> that, that was... 
kind of incredible. I just hope that it was sanitized. Uh, correct. <laughs> that was incredible. And well, not just because Chloe Bailey has definitely taken the lead as number one in the Thirst Trap Power Rankings. <laughs> also, Normani, her performance at the VMAs, she has skyrocketed in the Thirst Trap Power Rankings. I thought it was going to be more of a Sierra, Aaliyah, dance-oriented thing, which is her, which is her deal. Uh-huh. And it was. Yeah. Until the end. When a la Janet Jackson, mm. she had Tiana Taylor tied to something mm. and crawled up the contraption and lap danced and grinded on her fucking face. Um, this, and because Normani already looks fucking perfect and is from Houston, has skyrocketed her through the Thirst Trap Power Rankings. Um, Normani is at least, I think she's number three. Do you think uh, Lil I think Bo- she's knocked Ari Lennox down? She's number three. Wow. Do you think uh, Lil Boosie had anything to say about that rampant, unabashed act of homosexuality? Lil Boosie was some. Lil Boosie didn't have anything to say because he can't talk and be this dick at the same time. Well, I mean, if they're the same thing, then. <laughs> God damn it. Strangely enough, Boosie didn't have anything to say about that. But we knew from his Breakfast Club interview he wasn't going to have nothing to say about that. He told Charlemagne, look, you're trying, to, you're trying to get me to say something to fit a narrative, but I'm not getting in trouble with the strippers. Which is, this is their bread and butter. Yes. Um, so, I guess you have to pander to your fan base or something, I guess. Pole dancing should be an Olympic sport. I, I, fully, I fully stand behind that. Pole dancing should be an Olympic sport. The only reason it's not an Olympic sport because they don't want black women to have all that glory. Yeah, that and Jocelyn Hernandez would all almost certainly be an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> almost certainly, if, as a matter of fact, seventy percent of the Love and Hip Hop cast of any of those episodes of any of those spinoffs would almost certainly be a, an Olympic gold medalist. Shout out to Sukihana. That would be the most well attended. <laughs> <laughs> Summer Olympics would be a beast. (laughs) But another but here comes another problem I had with the VMAs. All this marketing they did on the backs of black women, all this marketing they did telling me that Doja Cat was gonna host, Chloe's gonna be there, Normani's gonna be there, uh Megan the Stallion is nominated for damn near every award they have they have won. To fit her in, none of them won. No black woman won mm. anything. Mm. Not a damn thing. Mm. Black people, not Lil Nas X, won a couple of things. Oh, well, he doesn't count. I, I mean, right? Doesn't count. But Lil Nas X won a couple of things, and. And wherever he is in the universe, he definitely grossed Boozy out. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That little that little prison joint that 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 joint that has the video where they're all in prison dancing in the shower and shit. First of all, that song slap. Let me just tell y'all. People talking about Lil Nas X ain't making good music. Fuck y'all. Suck a dick. That song slaps. Damn. That song fucking goes. I just I just told me fuck you. <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> I have not listened to the album, but 
I can say that song slapped. <laughs> That song went. Like, if that song went off in the club and you didn't know who that was from, that shit would be going. Regardless of anything and regardless of how I feel about his music, he and his team are marketing geniuses. They are brilliant. That was a Beyonce-level rollout. Yeah, because they're like, if, 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 if my sexuality brings me attention, I am going to loiter squad the fuck out of it. <laughs> And he did. This nigga, this nigga did that performance, rolled out an album, and got 10 videos to go with this fucking album. I, I definitely, I, I genuinely want to see Boosie's reaction, though. To the, especially the, whatever the video was where he was playing football and he is like. Oh, and he going at it in the locker room with that dude? At it. Boosie had a fucking fit. Boozy, that nigga, if you, that nigga is fuck nigga candy, man. If you, if you say Lil Nas X five times, Boozy gonna pop out and come get you, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, and then, so, like I said, my issue is that no black woman won anything. And what gets me about that is that Justin Bieber won Artist of the Year. No one can tell me that Justin Bieber had a better year, had a more eventful year, had a more productive year, had a year of bigger hits than Megan the fucking Stallion. Are you fucking kidding me? Megan the Stallion had a historic fucking year. Mm -hmm. Right down to touring, nonstop, getting shot, Getting back to dancing and touring and rolling out one of the biggest songs of the year. How you get shot and still drop wet ass pussy? What did Cam what did Cam drop when he got shot? You don't know, do you? Mm. What did Fab drop when he got shot? Names. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Told y'all. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong this is with us? Oh man! And I was gonna try to, I was gonna try to squeeze some opinions while Black Big go in. That should have happened. Give y'all a new card. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You but, can even Doja Cat. Doja Cat had a big year. That was a big album. Yeah. And then this is the other problem I have with the VMAs. Buster Rhymes. Mm. On the topic of people, now let's put this into proper context. We're talking about 40 years of MTV. We're talking about them introducing people, according to them, that have changed the landscape of MTV and have changed the landscape of music videos and entertainment for better and for always. And to that credit, we did see Cindy Lauper. To that credit, we saw David Lee Roth. To that credit, we saw fucking, well, I don't know what. We saw, for some reason, we saw Avril Lavigne. We saw people that have had big videos and have had big songs. Jennifer Lopez. <clears throat> no matter what you think of Jennifer Lopez musically, those videos were visually arresting. Having said that, Busta Rhymes showed up. Buster Rhymes did a, me a medley of, 
I won't say his biggest hits because a lot of his biggest hits were not included in that medley. The ones that they thought 20-year-olds would know. Mm-hmm. Half uh, his catalog was made before those people in the audience were, were alive. even alive. Correct. Buster Rhymes does a medley and killed it, by the way. I don't know. It, also, I hate it when the star goes on the Method Man diet and the hype man don't. Shows you the, uh, the pay inequality between the two. Split Star didn't get none of that love. And so they do a, a medley that is one of the that is probably one of the best Buster Rhymes performances I've ever seen. Buster Rhymes can put on a show, and he was fucking killing it. He was showing y'all what time, what type of time this nigga on. But it smacked to me of a Video Vanguard Award performance. You know, they give you a Video Vanguard Award, and then you and then you get on stage, and then you kill it, and you get out, get right off the stage and take your award mm-hmm. and say and and. And say now, who else want to fuck with Hollywood Cole? Yeah, he just got off and yelled Bed Stuy and left. He's from Long Island. <laughs> Shout out Brooklyn. He's from Long Island, sir. <laughs> this nigga in four, you're doing forty years of MTV, forty years of genre bending and genre changing music videos, and you don't. Give a video Vanguard Award to Busta fucking Rhymes, who has been killing it for thirty years consistently. But what do you do? What do you do? You don't even hand out a Vanguard Award. You change. You give it. You give it a different name, and then you hand it to the fucking Foo Fighters, who. I, I, I didn't know the Foo Fighters still had a career. I'm just going to be honest with you. Maybe that's because I don't listen to that kind of shit anymore. And I'm not like 16. But I didn't know the Foo Fighters had a career past um, that song getting on Varsity Blues. Foo Fighters have had... I mean, they have a discography. They've had a legendary run. Bigger than Nirvana. That's the part that gets me. That's the part that gets me. And this is part of... Just how I listen to music is that I never took as big as the Foo Fighters got. I never took them as seriously as I took Nirvana. Mm-hmm. It was just what Dave Grohl was doing because they can't do Nirvana anymore. Just like how I I never took Audio Slave seriously <laughs> because it was just the other. It's just something else that Chris Cornell's doing. Yeah, because uh, at the time, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Soundgarden couldn't stand the side, couldn't stand the side of him. You know, like when Rage Against Machine does all them little split up bands that they do. So I didn't take it seriously. I'm just not a spinoff guy. Yeah, I've never watched Better Call Saul. All right, we we get into dangerous territory. <laughs> we need to move on. <laughs> we need to move on. So these motherfuckers, so these motherfuckers give the Foo Fighters. I don't even know what they called it. It was some icon, global icon, some shit. And again, you sold it on Buster Rhymes getting up there and fucking killing it. That's what kept people watching because the Foo Fighters didn't do shit. But take their award and get the fuck out of the building. So again, you're selling it with us and paying us dust. Well, you know, I'm glad you watched the VMA so that I didn't have to. Yeah, see. That's that's what I'm here for. Uh, Silent Guardian, A Dark Knight, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. 
Karen Silva versus the world. That's what I. That's what I wrote down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Karen Silva. If you don't know who Karen Silva is, uh, your life is your life has probably not changed one way or the other. Karen Silva is a well-known publicist, or excuse me, marketing consultant. There you go. Who has represented the likes of Nicki Minaj, uh, Nipsey Hussle, a few other names I can't think of right now. Karen Civil has been put out there by Joyner Lucas. Apparently, Joyner Lucas got on Clubhouse and to, and not on Clubhouse, got on Twitter first and told everybody that uh, he paid Karen Civil sixty thousand dollars. Yep, sixty thousand dollars to give him the in layman's terms, basically give him the put me on package. The just the whole. Marketing package that was going to take him to the next level. He paid her the $60, wired her the $60,000, did not see nor hear hide nor hair from Karen Civil again until he saw her on vacation on IG Live. Using his money. Most likely with his money. Apparently, I mean, from what I understand, this is a big legal issue but this went to people more people stepping up saying that they paid Karen Civil money to put them on and got nothing for their efforts I think Cameron was one of those people too Cam was indeed one of these people I have always found Karen Civil shady not only because from what I understand her relationship with Nip didn't end well not only that what you the one that found Mac Miller dead I don't know all of that sounds shit. That's that's two people. That's two people you've been closer to turned up dead. Mm. One of which you found. Mm. Found. I always <laughs> I always find that unsavory. And so it, so a lot of people on Twitter. There were, I mean, there were people on Twitter that that claimed that Karen Civil that they worked for Karen Civil and did not get paid. Uh, un, until, until they brought it to court retroactively um, And this turned into a clubhouse thing Now This almost got me to re-download clubhouse But I will never do that because I respect myself This turned into a clubhouse room That everybody and their fucking mother was in Right when we Right when we started recording today Before we started recording today Randall was like I know like three or four people that were in that room Yeah and they said it was it was it was off the chain. It was a, it was a fucking mess, and devolved into a bunch of yelling at some point. Well, I mean, clubhouse rooms are just going to do that at that volume. Yeah, Joe Budden was in there, which which is going to be interesting because uh, Karen Civil's podcast is on the Joe Budden Network. Mm. There's a lot of people in there. Um, uh, a lot of people who have is- who have rightfully have issue with Karen Civil, uh, Tierra Marie's people. Of love, y'all know loving hip hop fame. Uh, Tierra Marie's people were in there. Um, apparently, she has uh, gotten shicey with her. Jesse Wu was in there. Jesse Wu got big problems with her. Uh, supposedly, uh, supposedly she had her legal team scam Jesse Wu, who had been talking shit about Karen Civil. They used to they they actually used to be roommates, and they got that you know they, they Haitian sisters, West Indian sisters stick together, and they don't fuck with each other now. They basically lured Jesse Wu to an event, a made-up event, and when she got there, they served her with a lawsuit for $3 million for defamation. 
um, just because she said some shit that was abs- that turned out to be absolutely true on social media. Those of you that know of Hollywood Unlocked, um, the mind behind that, Jason Lee probably had the probably had one of the biggest gripes with her, which was that he posted something about Nicki Minaj, and when she was representing Nicki, uh, she basically asked him to take it down. And those of you that know Jason Lee know that wasn't going to happen. She hired a hacker to hack his personal socials and basically uh, fuck up his website, uh, Hollywood Unlocked. And she showed up in the clubhouse room and said, let me, uh, let, let me clear the air, particularly with Jason Lee. These things that he said about me, accusing me of uh, hiring a hacker to destroy him, are absolutely true. What? She said that shit. Absolutely true. I asked. I sent him an injunction to take the to take the Nikki slander down. He wouldn't, so I took it down for him. Okay, <laughs> and then said, "Don't call me a don't call me Olivia Pope," and then act like I don't have the receipts. So you basically admitted to what amounts to a federal crime. Good job. She said, "I got lawyers for days. Come fuck with me." So here's my issue now. All of this, first of all, is hilarious and tantalizing and sensational for all the reasons that we like mess. For me, this goes back to my ongoing point that I've talked about many times on this podcast. Why the what the fuck are these jobs, bro? What the fuck are these jobs that y'all just make up? I don't understand who qualifies people, who certifies people for these jobs that y'all just make up like brand ambassador. Mm -hmm. Marketing consultant, influencer, influencer. How do you, how do you qualify for these jobs? What class do you have to take? Someone explain it to me. Someone explain it to a late, a late in the day millennial. There's a difference between a publicist and someone who sells clout. Karen Civil is a person who sells clout. One hundred percent. I remember, you know, ten years ago or so when we were still releasing music and. And trying to get with a publicist and, and a lot of the people that we connected with, you know, when we would ask them, what would we get for this amount of money that you're charging? You know, send us an outline of what your your actual strategy entails. And for nearly all of them, it was just we send emails to our Rolodex and tell them to talk about you at the same time. OK, that's clout chasing. I'm good. I'm good. I bet. I, I bet if you. I bet if you approach a company like Xerox or fucking Google or any any major company who has publicists and marketing, and you go to them and you tell them, you know, we're going to get everybody, <laughs> we're going to get all the blogs to write about you at the same time. That's our marketing plan. I'm good. No, I'm that's good. not going to happen. I'm good, especially for the money that y'all are talking about. I'm good. There's work and audience engagement and real things involved that require training or at least experience in those fields and it requires more than you just knowing a few ball players that want to fuck you yeah that's all it is and a, and a lot of a lot of those publicists quote unquote publicists are women or moderately attractive women coincidence in this case coincidence moderately attractive like uh, that's my well, 
I'm not gonna go into my whole. I, I I was about to call it the Amanda Seals effect, but I'm not I'm not gonna do that this week. Um, or I technically just did, or the Angela Rye effect, if, whatever you want to call it. I guess my thing is the lesson here, and not to and because what happened to Jordan Lucas is fucked up, and I don't want to victim blame him. Don't believe the hype. Do the work. Mm-hmm. Do, engage your audience. Hit the socials. Make the rounds. Make focus on making quality content. But there's also a time and a place for legitimate publicists. This is true. And just be be wary about people who are clock chasers. And that will convince you that you can throw sixty thousand dollars, basically throw sixty thousand dollars at your computer, much like much like the socials, and buy um, engagement. We don't buy engagement here. For we six, buy visibility. Yeah, for sixty grand, I got to see what you've done. One hundred percent. I pay for advertising, but ain't no way I'm ever paying Mark Zuckerberg no sixty thousand. <laughs> that ain't happening. Fuck that. Fuck all that. That ain't. And that just ain't. That ain't just because I'm cheap. That's because that ain't happening. Like I could have. I could have sixty thousand, and you never see it. I didn't want to go over real, real fast. How I am tired of remakes. However, I will sign off on a remake of The Bodyguard. Here's why. Mm. Here's why. Lizzo has shown interest, and she was joking. I'm probably jokingly. <laughs> probably joking. I did not expect to hear Lizzo's name next. Lizzo want to be in The Bodyguard with Chris Evans. Look, Lizzo I, wants to be in anything. I gotta, with Chris I, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. Who's gonna play which role? <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it. I'd be fine with either one. Here's why I'm okay with here's why I'm okay with Lizzo. Here's why I'm okay with the bodyguard being remade and Lizzo being in it. I have no problem with Lizzo being someone's love interest. Certainly not even Chris Evans. You know why? Because Hollywood tried to convince me that Amy Schumer was somebody's love interest. Hollywood did that. They tried to convince me that I I should be watching a rom com with Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. And that and that Someone who is who is routinely friends with LeBron James was finding Amy Schumer attractive. Lena Dunham spent five seasons of that damn show convincing us that she could pull Adam Driver. Not gay. Not gay at all. But fam, I saw The Last Jedi. Adam Driver had his shirt off the whole movie. Lena Dunham ain't pulling him. And I'm not talking about, and this isn't a fat phobic thing either. This is a bland, gaunt-faced white woman thing. Like, Lena Dunham is built like a cheese curd. <laughs> Who the fuck is she? And then, here's what fucked me up. I just saw her recently on social media in her fucking draws. Man, drag her like you drag Lizzo. And we mean it fit, literally, not figuratively. Honestly, drag her like... No, man, she she just ass and titties out whole way. Two piece bikini, bro. Drag her like y'all dragged Lizzo. That's offensive. If Lizzo did that, y'all, Lizzo did that, y'all would melt down and fight in the fucking street over it. Actually, people do drag Lena Dunham about it. Nope, nobody. Man, finds her attractive. Man, nobody drag. See, no, no, no. They don't gang up on her like they do Lizzo. Exactly, exactly. They don't. They don't. They don't dunk on her. And Lena Dunham is dunkable. Lena Dunham spent five seasons convincing us that she could pull 
Adam Driver, Donald Glover, and Patrick Wilson. What the fuck? Yes. So if y'all can sit through Lena Dunham, fucking Patrick Wilson, and Donald Glover, yeah, y'all can sit through uh, Lizzo fucking the shit out of Chris Evans. That's all I got to say about it. That's all. I just want I just want y'all to keep the same energy. Chris Evans didn't want to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> He like why y'all bring me into this, man? Y'all, y'all gonna stop acting like Chris Evans don't like these black women? Well, he does. <laughs> Chris, I, every interview I've seen him in, Chris Evans be giving the black women the eye, bro. He can pull into of them, <laughs> fam. <laughs> I, I ain't never wanted to be anybody but me, unless I could be Chris Evans for a day. <laughs> no, you saw him pull down that helicopter. You were like. Right? <laughs> Let's see what what else we got. Oh, Diddy versus Jermaine Dupree. Mm. Okay, y'all. And I'm not gonna spend. And I'm not talking. To, I'm not gonna discuss the Fat Joe and Ja Rule um, versus because it happened. Because everything that I, everything that I knew was gonna happen happened. The only the only cr- uh, critique I will give either one of them, in this case Fat Joe, about that versus. How do you not play it so hard? How do you not play punt? If Diddy were doing a versus, he would biggie us to fucking death. And you don't play pun? You don't you uh, uh, you have a versus in New York and you don't play it so hard and let everybody from Harlem go up for that shit? You can catch me in the Cherry Wear 150. Come on, man. They were, they were just both waiting for uh, Ashanti to come by and help them. This is true. Save this the show. Basically. Ashanti understands the assignment. Show up, be fine, and leave. Yep. Maybe sell, it may be a product placement thing, sell Doritos or something. <laughs> Other than that, show up, be fine, and leave. That's all we need from her. Um, ever. It, ever. Uh, ja Rule did exactly what uh, I thought Ja Rule was going to do. There's no need to discuss that any further. Diddy versus Busta Rhymes. Now, this isn't in the books. This isn't like officially happening. You mean JD, right? Uh, Diddy versus uh, Jermaine Dupri. Mm-hmm. Correct. This isn't in the books. This isn't officially happening. Um, but talk about it came up, and basically talk came up about it because Diddy was talking about it, and Diddy just feels like he would murder uh, Jermaine Dupri, which is. On brand for him, yeah. Diddy feels like he's Diddy. I, I mean, and he's earned the right to feel like he's Diddy. He tried the young boy, JD. It was like, you don't really, you don't really have the hits in your catalog to compete with me, young boy. Which is disrespectful of Diddy to say. It's twice as disrespectful for you niggas on social media to agree with, because it's wrong. He's right to feel that way. He's wrong to think that it's true. JD did holler back and say, holler at me when you got five artists that still fuck with you and have at least a million in the bank. Uh, Bow Wow said that. Oh, that was Bow Wow? That was Bow Wow. Damn, I quoted Bow Wow. Yeah, man. That's oh, what's fucked up. Is fa- that Bow Wow? Yeah, Bow Wow said that. Look. Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Tell me when you got five artists that are actually happy and have over a million dollars in their account, and then we can talk. My last confession was a long time ago. Now, Bow Wow has a point. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I know. It uh, hurts. But. We both agree with Bow There's a but. I know. But. Honestly, the same. Honestly, we can make the same argument for Jermaine Dupree. Young Bloods and Franchise Boys. We can 
make the same argument for Jermaine Dupree. No, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Now, I'm just hurt. That having I agree said that, <laughs> having said that, the body count is probably a lot higher for Puff. Oh yeah, the body count is vastly higher. It, it's literally everybody. That nigga has new addition in the body count. <laughs> it's literally everybody. Not only does he have new addition, he has whatever version of new addition there is after Johnny Gilden ran away with the fucking name. I'm sorry, yeah. I have mentioned this on this podcast before, but that will just never stop being hilarious to me. That nigga, that nigga fucked them over so bad legally they cannot call themselves new addition. He right wasn't now. even like. In the in the in the in the first iteration of the group, that nigga was in version two. He wasn't even in Candy Girl and Telephone Man, and he walked away. And now they have to call themselves Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. <laughs> which is the which, by the way, is the worst initials ever to have for a group. They might as well just call themselves BBD Plus One. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Um. Having said that, I'm getting sick of this New York bias because they've tried to bring this New York bias back since Versus basically flourished in Atlanta and they're trying to get the respect back for New York hip-hop, which some of it deserves. And for some of these errors that they've gone over, it definitely deserves. Um, they got a little high off of, their, off of their own supply thanks to Jadakiss. And this dis- and this disrespect to the South has gone unchallenged. Mariah, fu- there was a time when Mariah fucking Carey, one of the biggest selling artists of all existence, would only fuck with Jermaine Dupree. Mm-hmm. She literally said at the beginning of a song, "If Jermaine likes it, then I like it." That's when she was selling like 10 million records pop. Now, she also has worked with Diddy. Yeah. She did. She worked with Diddy. She worked with everybody. But there was a time when her biggest hit records were on Jermaine Dupree's watch. Mm-hmm. This nigga, we're talking to Monica. Let me just, you know what? Let me, let me let's let's take the guesswork out of it. Let me go to Google and just and just see what comes up when you Google Jermaine Dupree. Honestly, some of my favorite iterations of Mariah Carey, one of which I almost played, I, I almost played. It was a I might play it next week. Um, uh, was a Jermaine Dupree thing. One of my favorite Mariah Carey joints. Let me just see what comes up when you talk about Jermaine Dupree. Crisscross, fam. He was the mind behind Crisscross. Yeah. Like this is this is becoming a generation spanning thing. I want to say that's what started his label. And niggas fix their mouth to act like Jermaine Dupree would just get run over. I'm not even gonna go into the discography. I'm just gonna go into the first three sentences of the Wikipedia. Crisscross, Mariah Carey, Usher, Jay Z, Nelly, Monica, The Migos, The Brat, Escape, Janet Jackson, TLC, Aretha Franklin, Ludacris, Alicia Keys, Jagged Edge, Bow Wow, Nigga, Weezer, bro. What the fuck? Weezer? 
Where's your Weezer, Diddy? I wouldn't. I wouldn't really count that. But Weezer was yeah. hard for Weezer was hard for a minute. Don't 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 do that. <laughs> Weezer was fucking hard for a hot minute. Yeah, but he, I mean, he, yeah, he he's no slouch. Like I said, when you're when your first when your first shit out the gate is crisscross jump, and you you launch your entire label and career off that, and you go through Escape and DeBrat and Trailer Ends and Mariah Carey. I mean, he did always sure. be, always be my baby by Mariah Carey, which was the song that yeah. year. The song, Usher. You make me wanna no 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 no. Let's not even that. He did confessions. Okay, yeah. Let me. <laughs> Fam, I'm just I'm I'm going through this. I'm going through this shit. Oh my god, Mariah. He, he you gotta did he gotta go through him for one of his artists? Yeah. He did look. He did he did show Lil Kim's album. These are some people that have changed the landscape for better and for always. Monica, the boy is mine, was the song that year. You, you the disrespect of you niggas, as as Jermaine told Puff in a in a four way chat that they were in with Snoop and Fat Joe. You sell alcohol now. I make music. <laughs> And, and 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 guess what? I'm not. I'm still not saying that Jermaine Dupree would win. I'm still not saying that. Musically, it would be entertaining. Um, I think the annoyance factor would probably be through the charts. Yeah, bro. Or four verses. They would both be annoying. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't think Diddy in particular. Like, I would just want the playlist from that show. Yeah, but, I agree. But we'll see. It'll never happen, bro. I just one sweet day. Remember when Mariah Carey and Boys and Men did a song together and you could not go anywhere in the universe without hearing it? Oh, unfortunately, Jermaine Dupree was there. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying. Well, I wore, I wore that album out, by the way. What was that? Uh, Daydream? Yeah, maybe it was Daydream. I don't remember if it was Daydream or Butterfly. Even I wore you, that album out. Even if you go by the baddest one that each of them knocked down. Did he knock down J Lo? Maybe yes. Jermaine Dupree knocked down Janet Jackson. He does. Sean Diddy Combs does not have a baddie in his roster to rival Jermaine Dupree. A cold four and a half, <laughs> knocking down Janet Jackson. See, it's different for Diddy because Diddy's a vampire. Diddy's a vampire, so he so he Jermaine Dupree is a troll. But Diddy had Diddy uh, up until like probably three years ago retained a lot of his youth, and that went a long way <laughs> with him pulling some of the some of the uh, age inappropriate women well, that he is pull, that he's pulled. He held on to his youth until Cassie left. Yeah, that was Cassie familiar. was his familiar. There, That's right. there we go. There you go. <laughs> and Jermaine Dupree didn't have that. Jermaine Dupree just looks like Jermaine Dupree. Bow Wow is his familiar. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh shit! <laughs> Remember, let us know who you think is <laughs> 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 celebrity familiars. <laughs> Hit us up in opinionswildblack.com. Oh <laughs> um, God, he, he worked. Wait, Jermaine Dupri worked on American Gangster. I don't know. In November 2007, co-produced and co-wrote with So So Deaf intern No ID. Oh, he did. He, oh, yeah, it was No ID. This time on Jay Z's tenth studio album, American Gangster. Mm-hmm. The two song, the two contributed the song Success and Fall. Oh my! You New York niggas have to shut the fuck up now. Jermaine Dupree worked on Success, which is one of the hardest songs Jay Z has ever gone on. One of the hardest songs Jay-Z Honestly one of the top Five hardest songs Nas has ever been on You New York niggas Have to shut the fuck up now That was the hardest song on that album And honestly success is one of the hardest songs In Jay-Z's whole discography Mm. Y'all got to shut the fuck up Hell no Shut the fuck up Hell no Success I used to give a fuck. Now I give a fuck less. What do I think of success? It sucks. Too much stress. Y'all got to shut the fuck up now. How dare you niggas? I can't believe you. You short-term memory finding Dory ass niggas. Fixed your mouth to convince me that Jermaine Dupree would get run over by Puff? Fuck y'all. Well, let's just say we'll see it when we see it, if it happens. That's a, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, this is why we're talking so much about because it it's not going to happen. Um, actually, I really didn't have anything else in the rundown except we do have, uh, we do have to reconvene real quick about Married at First Sight. I have to take back something. I thought that Merla was going to be the villain of this season. Which is still true. She's a villain. I think we're. I think this season is going to be the rise of Michaela as the season's villain. I think she's gonna go. Through, I think. I think that we're gonna watch her go through a Harvey Dent Two Face thing. <laughs> I, I think. I think we are going to see a, a very, a very rough side of her. But I also, it's her fault. It's her fault for dating a twenty-seven-year-old, or marrying—I'm sorry—a twenty-seven-year-old. Right, and I don't want—and I don't want to shoot Zach too much bail, like he didn't have a hand in this. But I think most of Zach's faults here are the faults of someone who is inexperienced mm-hmm. in long-term monogamous relationships. Both of them, because she hasn't had a person over a year either. Mm. Now, the problem—they both have issues. Her problem is she goes off without without a conversation. Correct. His it's fault, zero to one hundred. Yeah. His fault is he has trouble communicating what it is that he has issues with. Correct. And he removes himself from the situation when he feels like it's it's a problem. Again, they neither one of them has had a relationship over a year, so that's indicative of what both of them would do. <sighs> I can understand, and again, this is not giving him a get-out-of-jail-free card. I can understand how his inability to make clever analogies 
And <laughs> the B story. What and to get to the you? fucking point of what he's trying to say, I can understand how that can be off-putting to her and somewhat triggering to her. But she goes, she goes from help me understand to you a goddamn motherfucking lie in literally one sentence. This is true. And, you know. My problem with Michaela, again, I can deal with some things being the response of inexperience. What I can't deal with is some of it, it feels like games. Michaela plays games. Mm-hmm. This shit with the phone, this shit with all of a sudden you send your husband a text message. Uh, talking about, um, please only contact me on this phone number, text only. Yeah, that's a game. That's a game. That's a game. Calling off the calling off the housewarming because you just because you just decided that you you are it's your turn and you're moving the pieces on the chessboard now. That's a game. We have to remember they've essentially only known each other for like a week. For like a week, d- d- true. They hit it on the first night. Um. He didn't see she did, they didn't see each other for a week and gave both of them especially him time to really think about what was really happening and when Zach came back you could tell when Zach came back he wasn't feeling shit at all Zach is checked out Yeah Zach was like man I don't know why I did that uh shit his homeboy's been in his head too Yeah because he explained what happened to his homeboy and his homeboy looked like he wanted to say run Run. You can stay in my place. Run. And, you know, and again, not to not not to shoot Michaela any bail because she has been playing these games. And their talk in the kitchen about all this shit and about calling off the housewarming, manipulative. Manipulative as fuck. She knew she, she, knew she could do the two-faced thing and be cool one minute and cry the next. It was going to be all good. Mm-hmm. Those were crocodile tears. Those were crocodile tears. That was that was a complete manipulation to make Zach feel bad because he don't know better. That was a hell of a, a manipulation, and not for nothing. Zach's experience fell for it, but you knew that because you're older, and don't think that hasn't entered your mind. Oh, it 100% has. The dude is 27. He, he should not have. He shouldn't have done He this. shouldn't have done that. Um, Gil and Merla. Okay, so some of, you have, some of you have responded. I understand some of the complaints about Gil. Gil is super condescending. And Gil fucks with and Gil fucks with Merla because he knows he can. He does have to get a rise out of her because she's always she's always being, you know, trash. She's always being like if somebody were rolling their eyes at you from the day that, from the day y'all met. Yeah, you'd feel a little opposition too. I'm talking shit for eight weeks, fam. She's been rolling her eyes at this nigga at every turn over everything and nothing. Carried her through the through the threshold. That's corny. Rolling her eyes. He wasn't complaining about the hotel room. That's corny. Rolling her eyes. Y'all got y'all got to shoot y'all got to shoot Gil a little bail too. He responds to things financially like a regular nigga. What the fuck do you mean you don't keep up with how much gross how much money you spend on groceries in a month? 
Who the fuck does that? What the fuck do you mean we're not keeping track? I don't care how much money you have. You don't own. You don't own any property. In a marriage, you're supposed to be planning for that. And it's hard to plan with somebody when all they talk about is take, is take me to the fucking downtown aquarium and put me in red bottoms all day. Gil's a firefighter. That's not bad money, but it's also not fucking Queen of the South cocaine money. And just because you got this cartel money to play with and tell everybody you a life coach or whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck that is, doesn't mean you get to be condescending to him. Again, I can't stress this enough, and this has been my biggest thing arguing with these people on fucking social media. No one cares that you're bougie. No one. No one cares that you are bougie. What people do care about is when your bouginess causes you to treat them like gum on like gum on the bottom of your fucking shoe. And talk down to them and roll your eyes at them every step of the fucking way. I can guarantee you, if if in real life, non-reality TV, you treated someone like this, I can guarantee you at the end of the day they would have killed you and maybe eaten you to try to possess your power. I'm pretty sure that's how Highlander went. I think Gil just needs to up the ante and just like walk around in gray sweats all day. All day. And just turn up, just turn up, just apply the pressure. 100%. And, and they're not fucking. And they're not even fucking. No one is going to talk to me like this. And I have not smelled the pussy. What the fuck are you doing, Gil? You got to turn the heat up. You got to deal, do away with some of that corny. You got to change the playlist. Put some bass in your voice too, bro. Oh my God, yes. You got to say a few things with bass in your voice around that house. Everything's kind of like this. And so um, you want to be a talk show host so fucking bad in these group discussions. So what's the intimacy like with you guys? No, 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 none of that. You got to leave that shit at home. Hey, what's up, fam? What's up on the... Hey, John, you you, 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 you really want to make it really uncomfortable? Talk, talk, talk. Hey, Johnny, what's up on these hoes, bro? Talk how you talk to your fellas, man. I heard you know where the Asian girl's at. Mm. I heard you know where all the Asian girl's at. Where the hoes at? What up, Johnny? (laughs) You guys... I mean, you guys... Why why you put that pressure on Johnny? (laughs) Johnny's sick of the shit. Johnny's sick of the shit. He tried not to say it. You this know, nigga going in the back to cry. You know Johnny smells every time he comes to <laughs> Just to see if it's all good today. He's like, damn. She smelled like yesterday. Just try to have a beer t- just try to have a beer taste. Now I gotta smell you and beer around here. Yeah, you have a beer taste and just roll out ten beers. <laughs> <laughs> all poured up. I'm like, come on, man. If five of these is a, if if two of these is IPA, I'm getting a divorce. Well, Go ahead and sign. I'll say that's a divorce right there. Fuck that shit. Y'all know Houston. Y'all know Texas motherfuckers in uh and IPA. They love that shit. Uh for some reason. Just give me my red stripe. I have walked out of a place that didn't have what red stripe. Damn. Fuck you mean. You fancy. Man, red stripe hard, bro. <laughs> Jamaican lager, my nigga. Um yeah, so I, more and more 
I am starting to believe that either none of these couples are going to make it or the only one that's going to make it is uh, uh, Ryan and Brett. And that's because that. they're boring. And I just skip over them. Yeah. I do every time. Every time. I, I, I have no say idea it. what's going on with them. Oh, that's, my, that's my opportunity to go get the... Go get some more water. Go downstairs. Go check the mail. Whatever. I don't want to see that shit. Jose is going to introduce us to the guy that's been hiding in his house, <laughs> and that's who he's going to be happy with. <laughs> you think that's a Terry McMillan story, man? <laughs> well, let's go. Oh, uh, this is probably a good place to take a break. We'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. You're listening to Sober Conversation with the Least Sober Team in Podcasting. That's Jordan Woods. Pour up. And we're back We're black We are opinionated And we are in fact a little drunk And in my drunkenness (laughs) I, 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 I have come to admit something I don't mea culpa much on this on this podcast, but I misjudged Carl Anthony Towns. I did. Um, I misjudged Jordan's little boyfriend. Um, I y'all, I'm y'all, I'm late thirties. I call everybody the little boyfriend. Say, the, the boyfriend. <laughs> I, 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 I reach on you. everybody. I call everybody. I, you know so. I misjudged him. I remember very specifically on this podcast, that nigga don't look like he has nothing to, no shit to say about shit. I can't imagine what the conversation's like. I talked some cash shit. I was wrong about this young man. I've, 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 I've seen some interviews. Mm-hmm. I keep up with him a little on the socials because he's, he actually, he's actually a fun dude on socials. Um, he seems like a fairly intelligent nigga. He does. He, every, I have not heard him say any stupid shit. Now, would I have taken that dumbass Old Spice commercial? Probably not. <laughs> but, but, but again, I'm not mad at a bag. That's a that's one because that's a bag I don't have. And I let my jealousy get the of the situation get the better of me. And I'm mad enough to admit. That seems like that, that. He seems like probably a cool ass nigga. And given some of the shit that he's been through in recent times, and how that relates to them as friends, and some of the shit that she's been through, I can see how they. I can see how they got together now. I think he forgives you. Probably. I think. I, I, one can only hope. Yeah. Uh, I'm not afraid of a fight, but. He got reach on. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> he has reach and youth, <laughs> and a will to live, <laughs> and a lot more tragedy in the last year. This is true. All of these things are true. Um. Also, I also I sympathize and relate to some mm-hmm. as someone who has also lost a parent, um, in the past year. Yeah. So I, I understand what, um, having somebody next to you that um can empathize with you. And helping you through that can do. Um, so I was a little insensitive. I'm rolling it back. All right. Um, I see how they got together. All I right. get it. That's growth. Good job. See, there you go. Give, 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 give me, some, give me a little bit. Give me a little. There you go. 
All right. Yeah. All right. That's enough. <laughs> she's still, I mean, she's still number one. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Chloe. Okay. Chloe's beating her right now. So she's technically, she's number two right now. So number one in the, in, so we can make it official. Number one in the, in the thirst trap rankings. Number, the top three are, number three is Normani. Okay. Uh, she has knocked Ari Lennox out of the top three. Okay. Uh, number two is Jordan. Okay. Even with that dress that I just saw. Okay. Right now, until further notice, number one is Chloe Bailey. Period. Okay. okay. I like she put in that work. The work. Yeah. That's much more age appropriate for you than it is for me, so I will take your word for it. There we go. There we go. That's the thirst trap rankings. Um if you have any submissions, uh, if you want to, um, if you want to argue with me about what the top ten looks like, you know, opinionswhileblack.com, uh, uh, or excuse me, opinionswhileblack at gmail.com, social media, y'all know what to do. Uh, in the meantime, it's time for white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people, fam. White people have been fucking up. White people have been fucking up quite a bit. Mm. And it was hard to narrow it down, actually. Um, but we also have, let me see if I can do this correctly, um, a submission from Chef Ebersol Fallon. Our white people must be stopped correspondent. He has actually been in the field. Um, so. Basically, he's a security guard. He works. He moonlights as a security guard. And because I've been here, I've been there in security. People get real confused about what your job is. And people tend to think that being a security guard seems to seems to really mean being your on hand, like man Friday assistant, as you were. Mm. This is not the case. Uh, so let me go ahead and see if I can get this to play correctly. Um, this is actually him, confr- uh, a white man in his parking lot confronting him about something that is just basically not his job. And we'll see if we can make out the voices. I'm just going to go ahead and play it for you. Nobody parks to the right of that line. Been there since Sunday. And see that white car that's over parked by the dumpster? There's a big area X down on the ground not to park. Okay, so tomorrow? I don't want to see that tomorrow. Your job is security. Make sure nobody parks in those areas. That is not my job. What is your job? I don't know if this make sure nothing happens to the cars. Okay, so do me a favor. Tomorrow I want to see you sitting out here making sure nobody ha- nothing happens to the cars over here, okay? That is not my job. Your job is not to sit in the tent, though, is it? Take patrols, make sure nobody comes in. No so, and out. make sure people park in the right area too? That's Who, okay. Who's your boss? Who's your boss? Archer. I'm sorry? Archer. For your company or for the production? For the company. Alright. I'm going to talk to locations because I keep asking you guys, don't let them park here. Your security is not to be sitting over here. Your security is sitting over there so nobody comes to the gate. So, you just sit over there and do your job, but not sit back there. We're sitting on top of the tables over there. Stay over here. Tell these people not to park there. Because I need to. What if we had to get a fire truck in here? We get a fire truck in here? No. 
So you guys gotta do your job. It drives me freaking crazy. Telling people where to park is not my job, sir. So, oh, your job security. So tomorrow, security, I want to see on the fence over there on the gate, not letting people you, who don't belong you, here. You're not responsible for positioning any place. That is well. Not, I don't want to see. I don't want to see underneath the tent tomorrow. Then that, that doesn't belong to you. Where I sit is not 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 your responsibility. Sir. We'll see about that. Okay, a couple of key points in that. Number one, who the fuck are you? (laughs) Most importantly, (laughs) who are you? He, Chef is a great guy. He is. One of the best people I've ever met. This is true. He was much more professional than I would have been. Light years. Because my first and probably only question would have been, who the fuck are you? At no point, and at no point did he indicate. Now I'm, I'm sure he, I'm sure he, they know of each other, but at no point did he make any attempt to indicate. I as property owner over here mm-hmm. or whatever over there, and that still wouldn't have given him any right. Um, am asking you to do so and so thing. White people just walk into a situation and presume. Because they feel like they are being served by your job position somehow, that you are doing public service or some kind of service that they directly that that you directly answer to them and that you report directly to them. Regardless of who they are or where they work. Now for those of you who, who are unclear about what microaggressions are. As you could hear in that clip, there were several. Uh, Chef stated no fewer than three times that that was not his job. And despite him stating very clearly that that was not his job, that white man proceeded to continue to tell him what he wanted him to do. What he wanted to happen. Well, tomorrow I don't want to see this and this and this. That is not my job. And he ignored it and said, well, tomorrow... I don't want to see you he, again. He's he is he is not your manager. He does not work with you, but he's trying to tell you where you will not be and what you will and will not be doing. Correct. That is a microaggression. That is a great example of it and a huge microaggression too. Again, that conversation was much longer than mine would have been because it would have started and ended with "Who the fuck are you?" I, and 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 the thing is. He, I bet whoever it is that Chef answers to, he will not approach them with that base in his voice. Not at all. He will not. He not will not. All. He will not approach them with that base in his voice, man. Because here's here's the other thing: if that guy, if that guy, whoever he is, if he is in charge of or has some type of authority over whatever property he's complaining about, he would have gotten those cars moved himself. Correct. If I owned that place over there and those cars were in a place they shouldn't be, I, as the business owner or a person with decision-making authority, would have gotten those cars moved myself. But you don't have any authority. But that person doesn't have any authority. But he has the authority to tell somebody else that they have the authority to do it. And talk shit. Eat a dick. Eat a black-owned dick. Yeah. For real. And park it. (laughs) <laughs> and park it in the wrong Eat a black owned dick parked in the wrong parking space <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with you bro I, That's why I don't fuck with white people 
to hit him with it again. This is why I don't fuck with white people. And let me tell you, I'm not going to go too long into this story, but there's a story that we missed out on because we because Texas was dealing with other shit. In Florida, you mean to tell me two white people went on a road trip across America Go first of all to go look at national parks, which sounds like the bummiest road trip of all time. I mean, Probably the most expensive. It could be fun, also expensive. Um, and it also sounds like somebody's going to get dropped off. But I'm sorry. <laughs> and they returned with only one person. These people only saw each other across country. In a van. And they return. Okay. And the dude just doesn't know where you are. Mm. That happened. So he lost a whole white woman? He lost a whole white woman. They will not rest until this man is either in prison or they find that white woman. White women are pretty hard. Probably both. White women are very hard to lose. <laughs> <laughs> white women walk off all the time, bro. But I'm just saying, if, if if there is something that will be found in this world... Oh, it'll be a white woman. Yes. They're going to figure it out. They're not going to rest. Let me tell you something. I have said for a long time, white people get get fixated when a, when a white woman either dies mysteriously or goes missing. They are still talking about the death of Natalie Wood. Natalie Holloway? No, Natalie Wood. Oh, who is that? Um, the old act, the actress... Uh, Robert Wagner. Oh, uh, damn! Yeah, yeah, you're right. Died yeah. on the boat. Robert, Ra- Robert, the, somebody, somebody, something happened to that broad, and Robert Wagner and uh, Robert Forrester maybe, and uh, Christopher Walken know what. I'm just saying they were the only ones on the boat with her, and they telling us they don't know what the fuck happened. It's a big boat. That's a big ass boat. It's a big ass boat to just lose somebody, mm. and and that's a and that's a it, it, it's a small ass van to just decide you don't know what the fuck happened. Mm. And what fucks me up is that there is a record of them getting pulled over over a domestic dispute. Mm. Not suspicious at all. Not suspicious at all. It's some funny shit going on. I bet you the lead suspect is going to be a black man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You already know. Absolutely. A black man that we ain't never heard of even knowing these two. <laughs> He's going to look like a mixture of me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just like girls where Donald Glover just showed up in season two. I'm telling you, they're going to have a Donald Glover figure just show up. You're going to be in the anime. You're going to check all the boxes. You'll be lying on dear white people. We don't know what the we don't know where the fuck he came from. We just gonna know that he was he was he was closest to so and so. All of a sudden, because they have a tape, there ain't nobody seen until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I tell you, they could boy they can come up with something. They gonna find they gonna find a way to put your semen sample somewhere. Yep, <sighs> nigga, I I'd watch too much Law and Order. Y'all ain't gonna get over on me. I'm just saying. I know. I know the Vincent D'Onofrio looking dudes when they show up. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, and especially now in the place I work, I know who the one. I know who the ones are. Don't go fucking with me. 
I'll tell you, by the end of the, my year with this job, I'm going to know a lot more about my stu- ongoing study of white people, mm. particularly of law enforcement. Um, send your racist stories, send your real-life racist encounters, along with your listener letters, questions for myself, D. Randall, and anybody else on the, you hear on this podcast. Uh, please send those to opinionswildblack at gmail.com. Or hit us up, or go to Opinions Wild Black to figure out where else to hit us up on the socials um, and figure out how to buy merch. Merch should be coming. I'm calling it now. Wednesday, my birthday. Mm. Wednesday, September 22nd. Let's go. Hit them with the air horns. Fall, winter merch is coming. Telling you now. Refresh opinionswhileblack.com Wednesday, September 22nd, or the, the Threadless Shop or whatever. Wednesday, September 22nd, my birthday. Refresh the shop. It's going down. It is going down. And if you want, go to opinionswhileblack.com, donate to this podcast. All the proceeds go to making this a better podcast. And Karen Sybil. <laughs> would you would you take five hundred thousand dollars or have or have dinner with Karen Sybil? <laughs> <laughs> she, she she might not show up. <laughs> she figured out how to get the five hundred thousand yeah. before you she's gonna hack it. She's gonna hack it from you. Shit. <laughs> Oh man, we will be right back to finish strong with the listener letters and the top three STFUs. This here is Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. I have to say, I am, in fact, drunk. Feel good. Feeling good, feeling great. Yep. Feeling great, feeling good. How are you? Time for your listener letters. Uh, y'all understood the assignment this week. All right. On the Twitters, Hal Allen wants to know, do you think teachers, especially elementary school teachers, should have vaccine mandates? Okay. I'm going to jump on this one uh for reasons um yes yeah i do i'm <clears throat> i'm not apologetic i'm not one of these people that's trying to meet the other half halfway or whatever anymore <clears throat> oh it's a oh it's a personal choice no it's not a personal choice anymore it's public health and safety and if you are working with the general public if you are serving the public if you are a if you are in the public service industry and in my and in this case that would include teachers. Yeah, I need you to yeah, I need you to, I need you to have at least some protection. Oh, Jesus. I need you to have at least some protection. I need you to have at least so, taken some preventative measures um to slow the spread of COVID. Period. I, I, at this point, I don't. It's, it's not a multiple choice to me anymore. I need people to get their shit. Together. I, I think teachers have to. You're the first ones that these kids see leaving the, when they leave the house. 
I think bus drivers should have it. I, you know, I, I at this point, I'm never. I'm not going to say, oh, it's a personal choice. I'm not doing that anymore. This thing has lasted way longer than it needed to last. It just has. And, be, and it exclusively because of this rugged individualism where Americans just reserve the right to not have their shit together. I'm tired of it. It's corny. Yes. You, yes, you need to get your shit together and you need to, and you need to vaccinate if you want to be around other people's children. This is what happens. This, this type of question is a question that shouldn't even... It shouldn't even be asked. This is what happens when you get the messaging wrong from the very beginning. And when, when, when the people in the very beginning of the process politicize this shit on the wrong side of it, by the way, um, when the very people who were president at the time are, are saying shit about the vaccine and then they get vaccinated themselves. Right. Um, there are a lot of things that we do on a daily basis that are that are mandated that that affect us in adverse way or or, or affect our, our freedom of choice right and freedom of movement there are things that we have to do every single day that are mandated um i, I remember when seat belts became a law this was back in the 80s yes i'm old i remember when seat belts became a law and people were mad that they were being told that they have to wear seat belts because it's their choice to fly through the windshield on a, on a head-on collision if they, if they choose to. People have to understand that advanced citizenship, which is what happens here in America, freedom, it, nothing is absolute, and that includes freedom. Correct. And there are going to be some times when there have to be rules and order instated, initiated to protect the common good. Right. As in just keeping people healthy. I'm just trying to not get other people sick. That is not a tall order. I just I, imagine if you are a pre-K teacher um, who, who decides not to get vaccinated and who just decides to, you know, um, just say fuck a mask and all that. Right. And, and let's say you get a room of pre-K students sick with COVID and two or three of them die and it, it's traced back to you giving it to them yeah. and you effectively kill two of your students. How, how do you feel about that? Conversely, Probably like an asshole. Conversely, as a person who works in an environment in which young children are human petri dishes to begin with, how comfortable do you feel um, being in that environment and being relatively unprotected, regardless. So I, I hate that the the question about a mandate is even is even a question. Now I will say that I, I do have some exposure to the educational sector, and I do know that an overwhelming number of of teachers and campus staff want to protect themselves from exposure to to the virus. So hopefully this isn't as much of an issue. Um, but yes, if, if a mandate comes down, especially in a classroom setting where children are involved and those who cannot, those who don't even have the choice to be vaccinated, um, don't have that extra level of protection, 
then yes. Mandate the shit out of it. Yeah. And if you don't want to do it, then you have every right to find somewhere else. Well, work somewhere else. Correct. Um, this is from Tracy Cornelius. This is a result of me not screening these. Um, she says, this is, she writes, this is from the Arkansas Department of Health. Is this ad racist? Here we go. During the pandemic, my lifestyle drastically changed. My income came to a screeching halt. You have to understand, I'm a hustler. I'm a legit entrepreneur. I sell things. I come in contact with people all the time. I have to stay safe. I didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine. Because if you live the type of lifestyle that I live, you out here in these streets and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine. Okay, Mr. Johnson. Uh, so this was this was literally my first time watching this, and Randall's first time watching this. Okay. We don't screen. I will say this because it is Arkansas. It is not racist. There's a there. I'm a hustler, man. There are some states: Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. And Louisiana, that the racism there is just—it's it, just like <laughs> it's like the foundational layer of everything. I would say it's through the roof, bro. So it's technically not racist. <laughs> it's just Arkansas. <laughs> um, I'm gonna—I'm <sighs> gonna say not racist because because look, I don't think they scripted that. No, I don't think I don't think that I don't think that man is a is a is an actor that went to drama school at Cambridge. I don't think he I don't think they said no. cut. And he was like, I have to get back to the streets. I studied where I come so. from. <laughs> no, Rodney was Rodney was definitely a hustler. Rodney was talking that shit. Yeah, he's definitely a hustler. Um, that shirt fit exactly like like a like a nigga in an Arkansas shirt, and he got paid for that commercial in cash. <laughs> He doesn't trust any other form of payment. <laughs> oh man, that shit! You know that's that wasn't racist. That, that, no, not, I, not in Arkansas. No, <laughs> you you know what? Y'all 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 understand the assignment. If that was Philadelphia, that would have been hella racist. <laughs> that was if that was Boston. Yeah, racist. Pacific Northwest, extremely racist. <laughs> Arkansas or any southern state. Just another day. Just a nigga. Um, thank you, Tracy, for that. That was, I needed that. <laughs> um, Greg Black wants to know, Tales to Enrage, what are some of the dumbest ways my fellow white people have tried to show they aren't racist, in their opinion, of course? By saying that they're not racist. <sighs> Actually, no. For me, the most common one, the most common one is, I don't see color. Oh, oh, I got old. Oh, oh, I got a good one. For, for me, that's just that's just the dumbest one. It's like you are so you are so avoidant of talking about race that you trying you're trying to convince me that when you look at me, you don't see a black man. First of all, it's insulting. Um, but but stop saying that you don't see color. It's okay to see color. We all do. It's what you do with it that matters. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I will say this. In my vast years in the customer service sector, there are a couple of moments that stick out. One in particular. So I used to have a, a button. Um, I used to have this button set. Shout out to Lit BKNY. Um, I got it from them. But it said, uh, pro-black is not anti-white. Mm-hmm. I wore this button at work. Nobody had really had a problem with it. Um, this one customer, this, one, this little white lady, I'm checking her out, and she goes, so is pro-white anti-black? She didn't think that through. No. She was just trying she was just trying to be catchy and trying to be clever and maybe start a useless conversation. Mm-hmm. So I said, can we just can we just keep it at it's not that simple and leave it there? Mm-mm. Just for the sake of my job. Mm-mm. She said, fair enough. Okay, cool. Oh whoa, 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 there's more. Damn. She said, fair enough. It's just I don't know. Damn. Some of this racism stuff. Mm. Now, this is the part where it doesn't really need my input one way or the other. Uh, because the the proper answer to is pro-white, anti-black. Historically, Histori- yes. Historically, find me an organization that labels themselves pro-white that wasn't anti-black. And you can have a button. <laughs> In the meantime... <laughs> It's just like, well, I don't know. It's just this, you know, this racism stuff. I just, I don't get it. I don't see, I, I, don't, I don't see why people put so much emphasis on color. And as a matter of fact, here it comes. When I, you know what? When, when they ask me what race I am on application, Don't say it. Don't say it. You know it. what I write? Don't do it. I write human. God damn it. This has always stuck with me. This has stuck with me for a long time now. And I let's see. In my 10-year run at the bookstore, that was probably year seven. So it wasn't even a height of racism yet. Or or there was who they call uh throughout the, the half price chain now, Cowboy Bob. Um, the racist that I almost beat the shit out of on the job. Um who tried to prove he wasn't racist by insinuating that by my calling him a racist made me a racist. Mm -hmm. Because I called him a racist and he couldn't possibly be a racist. So me assuming that he, in fact, is a racist based on the racist thing he said makes me a racist. I'm not racist, you're racist. Whatever you, I know you are, but so am I. I'm already bored with him. So I would say those are the two dumbest I've ever encountered. Mm. Uh, Cowboy Bob was uniquely dumb. Um, that white woman just, you know, she, she, I was probably the third black person she had ever met in her lifetime. So. Sometimes they just, sometimes they just don't understand that you don't have to have a conversation about everything that crosses your mind. Nope. Nope. No, you don't. Um, people's critic. Tim. Uh, my man Tim asked, would you give Karen Silver your last $60,000? If so, how would you attempt to get your money back? <laughs> I, I can't advocate for violence against women on this podcast. But if you have cousins or homegirls. But I have, I have female friends 
who will happily go get the money back. Granted, for a cut, for yeah. a nominal fee, which I am happy to pay, they will they will find you. I think the best answer to that is I will give sixty thousand to no person. Uh, also correct, especially if it's my last sixty. My last sixty k to no person. Opinions while black ain't that ain't that set to jump off. Like <laughs> ain't shit that ain't shit that she can do with sixty k for this podcast that I can't do. What's the name what? of the agency that Don Draper worked for? Oh, what is the name of the agency Don Draper worked for? I'm just, that one. I'm just going to say Mad Men. Yeah, you know, if I'm if I'm a large enough company and I need to pay Mad Men sixty thousand to you know get me popping, sure. To a nigga with an IG <laughs> uh, account as their point of contact, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not giving my money to at Karen Civil. Also, I also I ain't gonna lie to you. I only ever watched season one of Mad Men. I'm still undecided if I'm paying Don Draper shit. That was a good show, oh, but well, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, as, as 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 far as people good at their job on Madison yeah. Avenue, I'm still undecided if I'm giving Don Draper a goddamn thing. I mean, you know, he's good, but I'm just saying if I'm giving that kind of money up, I'm not giving it to an individual. It's going to a firm. Yeah, one hundred percent. The offices, <laughs> yes, of someone, yes. <laughs> Not, 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 not. Text me for booking info. Serious inquiries only. If they tell you to cash app them, that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you find them in your in your comments, going inbox me, man. Yeah. No. 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 I ain't fucking with Karen Civil. DM me for rates. Nah. <laughs> man. Uh, again. Quit trying to buy clout. Stop it. Karen Civil is very much a, a two hundred and fifty dollar. Show me what you can do real quick, type of person. <laughs> what? And we still collecting that two fifty. <laughs> what the fuck? Don't let me see you at Tulum a week after I pay you two fifty. Sam, you ain't never man. So Xavier Hunter wanted me to. Uh, Chime in on this real quick. Um, he was talking about MMA, and y'all know how I feel about MMA. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking about the UFC heavyweight division, um, and I think I know why the champions rarely keep the belt long. The fight styles often clash until it's an even matchup. Um, then it becomes all about skill. Sure, that can apply to all divisions, but I'm talking about the bigs. Let's start with boxers and strikers. I have to differentiate because boxers are 90% hands, whereas strikers have an additional combination, combination of elbows, legs, and knees. Unless the boxer can land the perfect punch, the striker will tear them up with, legs, with leg kicks during the fight. Mm-hmm. Sure. Wrestlers often have an advantage because they can score on takedowns and wear their opponents down uh, with uh, holds and transitions. It might look boring as hell, but the ground game is tiring, especially when the other guy is 240 pounds. Try to think of it as a game of rock, paper, scissors. I don't have enough time to get into it, but that will always, that will almost always help determine who will win a heavyweight MMA fight. Uh, let me know if I'm wrong in my thinking. You're one of the folks I trust talking MMA. Um, okay. I'm going to try to make this as compact as possible. Heavyweight MMA. Um, basically, at that, at that level, at that level of competition, that heavyweights usually usually fall into. Um, in my book, 
two factors come in. Two factors really come into play because at some point when you when you're in the heavyweights, everybody's got a power punch. Everybody's got a, Everybody can put someone down in a small amount of time. So it's about stretching it out to avoid that. And I think one of the things you left out is stamina. Stamina is the biggest part of a heavyweight match. That's a lot of weight you throwing around for a long amount of time. People don't realize fighting, just because we watch movies and they go on for 10 minutes and shit, fighting a fight, three minutes, and then we're not even talking about the championship matches. Five minutes is a long time to be doing anything. As someone who shadow boxes as part of their workout, five minutes is a long-ass time to do anything. I tried it and had to go down to three. And that's a long time to do anything. So for me, heavyweights, it comes down to stamina. Skill at some point doesn't matter because, again, everybody's going to get tired. Everybody's going to get tired, and it just turns into a war of attrition. Of who wants it? Of who wants it more? Uh, who can stay standing? And I and I have seen people that have immaculate technique that got winded in the first two rounds, and it was a wrap because everything gets hard to do when you're tired, especially when you a big nigga. Everything gets harder to do when you are tired, including keeping your hands up. Including and especially keeping your hands up. And every technique you do, every movement you make in the octagon factors into not only attacking, but protecting yourself. It only takes one, one movement, one inch off to expose that jaw, and it's over. Having said that, Most of the time, heavyweights keep the belt eh, like two years. But there's also a lot that factors into that. They don't fight much. They spend more time in camp than they do in the fights. Mm -hmm. Because a camp in preparation for any one fight can last up to six to eight weeks. That's a long time. And that's a long time between fights and then there's recovery. That's a long, that's a, there's recovery, there's promotion, there's all these things that factor into, especially UFC in particular. And they don't keep the belt long because there's not that many fights involved in the heavyweight, in the heavyweight divisions. Amanda Nunes is a freak of nature. I mean, she's not a heavyweight. But when you get into the smaller weights, some of these people that keep the belt a long time, Israel Adesanya is a freak of nature. A lot of these divisions don't keep the belt long. Mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes is a freak of nature. Um, even Daniel Cormier didn't keep it long, and he was a freak of nature. Francis Ugano is set is is right now as I'm looking at him, who has not reached his peak yet, is setting up to be a freak of nature. I see him able to keep this belt for some time because everyone because a lot of people in the in the division are a little washed. He beat Stipe Miocic. After going back and forth trading the belt between him and DC for years. And that's another thing. Youth, experience. All these things come into play. Francis Ugano has not reached his peak yet. And he is the champ. 
I'm afraid of him. I'm terrified of him. Anybody that got that that old school Billy Blanks haircut <laughs> with that hairline, mm-hmm. that 80s, 90s hairline, I'm terrified of them. Francis Ngannou is set up is set up to be a champ, a memorable champ for a minute. We're gonna be talking about him like we talk about motherfuckers like uh Dan Severn. Like we talk about motherfuckers like um Khabib. Not a heavyweight, but we talk about him. There's a lot that goes into the longevity of heavyweights and I've only named some. I can do this all day and not all of because not all of it is um, not all of it is on the on the fighter. Some of it is even involved in, especially UFC politics, and how long it takes to get these fights going. Whose whose team didn't make weight? All that shit. I it's a good starting point what you're talking about, but it goes beyond that. I just wanted to put that out there. Um. Also, everything I've said could be wrong. <laughs> Daniel Cormier could come in here. I mean, I, I, this is just from me being an outsider looking in. Daniel Cormier could come in here right now and tell me to shut the fuck up. But that, but I, I see where you're going with it, and, and, and that's a it's a good, interesting conversation. Um, one that I will likely continue when uh. UFC really gets going again when they make me not have to pirate the next fight. Um, so thank you everyone for your questions. It was a good battery of questions today. Did we come to a conclusion about uh, Light Skin Voltron? Light Skin Voltron. We got a couple. Um, I can throw I can throw in a couple entries that came from outside. Um, one was Steph Curry. <laughs> Prominent melanin deficient basketballer and <laughs> you know purveyor of goofy antics <laughs> and his wife Aisha Curry and his boring wife um, a surprising entry that I, I'm surprised we overlooked Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham ain't light skinned yeah I mean let's see man let's see Odell let's Beckham see. no With, but even if he's not he acts did. like it <laughs> Like him and him and Shamar Moore are like the same shade. Okay, so shout out to Keish. Um Tasty Keish from uh um Bonfire Radio. That was one of her entries. Shamar Moore. I say we disqualify Shamar Moore because it's like he's just kinda understood. Uh, so he's like light skin Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's light skin Hall of Fame. Uh look, man, look at that. Look at the light skin squint. Uh, it's the blondness that's making him look light skin. Okay, he it, he does have a light skin smile. Like he has a light skin. And, light, he's, and he's fucking Drake. Like he's a. <laughs> shit. He does. Okay. He has kind of a light skin bone Man, structure. We're like the same shit. I'm sorry, but keep going. Um. Uh, let's see. Her picks were. Shamar Moore, Drake, Michael Ely, and Jesse Williams. Ah, so now we get into the nitty gritty. Michael Ely kind of coming up to be the new Terrence Howard. I have to admit, man, passing up the bag or what? He he getting in that lane of parts where he is just blatantly light skinned in this part. (laughs) 
I, so I was watching Really Love mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, it's a pretty if you like to photograph and shit like that. Um, it's a pretty good uh, romance drama on Netflix featuring uh, a few people, but Michael Ely, Mac Wild, uh, Kofi from I was gonna Gr- say yeah, some some chocolate dude that, that chicks like Kofi from Queen Sugar. Um, Mac Wild should be Mac Wild is a candidate for light skin Voltron. I don't know. Michael from The Wire? He ain't, but he ain't Voltronish though, man. He's not. Yeah, okay. He's not a, he, yeah, okay. He's not yeah. a light skinned Titan. Yeah. Okay, fire, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Michael Ely was in Really Love, and it was very light skinned, bro. <laughs> You know, light you know, light skinned dudes try to make up for how for how sensitive their voice sound by overly using the word motherfucker. And Terrence Howard did that a lot. And I feel like Michael Ely's getting in that lane too. Terrence Howard is light skinned, so is OBJ. <laughs> Terrence Howard is that now we're talking about light skinned Voltron. Terrence Howard is he's on definitely there. a candidate for the black lion. Oh, he's on there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shit. He's up there. Um, I had I thought I had one from Xavier Hunter. Jesse uh, Williams is a good one that I'm surprised. Jesse about. Williams is definitely a candidate for the Black Lion. Definitely, I'm surprised I missed that one. Right down to a right, right down to a white woman. <laughs> I left Damn, a, I left a black woman for a white. Woman. I'm telling you. Oh, here we go. Xavier Hunter says, "Here's who his picks are: Drake, Chris Brown, Amanda Seals." Ah. <sighs> The weekend, yes, and Trey Young. Trey Young is yeah. I, he could be a foot. He could. He could be. He could be a foot. He, he could be the green there. foot. After what he did to New York last year, he could be. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> he said, "I'd say Javal McGee, but he's been minding his own business." And I noticed for the most part, we kept a lot of the women out of Light Skin Voltron because honestly, that would be way easier. That's too easy. Yeah. Um, like Amanda Stenberg. Angela Rye, Angela Rye, definitely uh, Amanda Seals. Well, I mean, Amanda, Amanda Seals, Seals goes without saying. I would say, I would say, I remember Voltron. Amanda Seals would be like the, the blue princess of <laughs> light skin Voltron, <laughs> just flat out. Um, light skin women, yeah, light skin women's a little too easy. I'm not yeah, taking that bait. Not, not. I'm not taking that bait. Um, so yeah, keep sending us your light skin Voltron stuff. <laughs> Um, whatever the burning question was this week, um, I'll I'll remind y'all during during the week. I think we're, we're gonna start doing that. We're gonna start doing that. We're gonna start having a burning question, um, and we just have y'all chime in. Uh, we, I don't know. We talked about it sometime at the beginning of the yeah. podcast. Oh, uh, familiars, celebrity yeah. familiars. Yeah, talked about it. Write times. to us about your celebrity familiars. Yes. Um, it is time. For the top three STFUs. All right. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Uh, number three. Let's see if I can get this up. Okay. Dennis Vinalia. I don't know how to say his Villa last name. Villanueve. Uh, Villa. Um, the guy directing Dune. Um, the guy who is. Now, to be fair, who has directed some of my favorite. Movies of the past five years, yeah. Uh, Blade twenty forty nine and uh, Arrival. Mm-hmm. If you've not seen Arrival, 
Arrival is a hard ass movie. Um, as currently as current as directed uh, Dune, which is coming out in October, mm-hmm. I'm very hype about that. Um, I'm one of the five people hype about Dune. <laughs> I'm hyped that I get to watch it at home. <laughs> right. It's, it's it's just something for me to watch Zendaya in uh, tight sci-fi clothing. It's fine. Um, he's talking shit about the Marvel movies. Another another somebody who, and I'm sure, I'm sure whoever, whatever interview this was, they cornered him in, in talking about this because you apparently, since Martin Scorsese, you just have to corner people into talking about Marvel movies now. So you can get a spicy little, uh, a spicy uh, headline uh, from somebody that people may or may not have been listening to in the first place. Shout out to Stephen Dorf. Um, <laughs> who nobody asked for anything. Exactly. Shut the fuck up, Deacon Frost. So basically he said, oh, the, oh, the Marvel movies, a lot of them are just, caught, are just cut and paste of other Marvel movies. Fam. This is coming from somebody who is lit- who is literally making his career not only remaking Blade Blade Runner, but rebooting Dune. You are literally cutting and pasting old content into new content. What the fuck are you talking about? There was literally a scene in Blade Runner twenty forty nine where they just where they just took old footage of Sean Young yeah. and cut and pasted it into a into some. Uh, green screen models face uh, to pretend she was making eyes at Harrison Ford. Get the fuck out of my face. What are you talking about? And what gets me about this is that the Marvel people don't have shit to say about any of these people. Anybody. The Marvel people mind their own fucking business. They don't talk shit about anybody. So it's, and I know, Craig, yes, I know, Craig Lindsay's gonna jump up my ass about this. Um, We've had many arguments about the Marvel movies, but fam, what the fuck ever happened to just don't watch it then? If you don't like it, don't watch it. You you know how many opinions I have about anything? Empire. I don't watch Empire. Right. I don't watch Power. You know how many opinions I have about them? None. None. Now, now we we did rag on Power that one time. Because uh, it was the final few episodes and it was funny, uh, but we were just trolling for jokes. Obviously, um, these people are just trolling for attention, and the biggest way to get attention is to talk about big thing in the movie theaters that other people are talking about. Fam, shut the fuck up. Just hope Dune is good. Yeah, hope Dune is a good movie and shut the fuck up. Honestly, I would have liked to have seen another Blade Runner out of him. But that's just not going to nah, happen. Blade Runner twenty forty. I, I almost felt like that shit was an hour too long. I I enjoyed it to a point. It was a little long. It, I'll say it. It was a little long with not enough violence. It, it looked good, but I, I just remember Blade Runner the original OG Blade Runner had a lot more violence. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just saying OG Blade Runner was I. Right. But I oh, know that, that's not going to be a popular opinion. Yeah, so that, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to move on to the next yeah. thing. Cause I, I feel myself getting mad. Like people just need to stop ragging on Marvel movies because they, they, they're Mind, fucking popcorn movies. Mind your business. <laughs> what? What? What is to be gained? Yeah, and they ain't worried about y'all at all. Do what you do. 
Make the best movie you can make for your audience, and they will right. make the best movie they can make for theirs. Right. I liked Arrival. I thought Arrival was a, a very good movie. Brilliant. I don't. I, you don't need to compare that to Marvel because what you do is very different from what Marvel does. I appreciate them both for very different things. And it could be argued that you that you couldn't pay certain tropes there. Also, the the fact that Arrival is actually based off of a short story in a book collection of short stories. So. Let's let, so let's relax on what other people are borrowing or not borrowing from yes. what. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Dennis, just make keep making movies I like, man. Because I, I don't want to have to tell you to shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Number two is the media. The the media the media. Um, and I honestly I should I should I should be more specific and. Call out the media outlet that pissed me off. Who is this? The Times? The Sunday Times? Yeah, some British shit. Because they did a whole they they did a whole little piece on where is Perez Hilton now, and they interviewed him, and he wants us to know that he understands if we don't forgive him as a culture. Um, here's my thing. They literally had nothing else to write. Bored. Bored. You know, there are some things that are relics of a time. This is for me speaking from a journalistic standpoint. It, Perez Hilton is a relic of a time when journalism and that that sector of journalism, sensationalism, had a choice to make about what they were, what kind of entities they were going to be, and what they were going to represent after the death of Michael Jackson. I, that's that's the point that it made sense yeah. for me. After the death of Michael Jackson and how the paparazzi played a lot into what led to the death of, and what led to uh, any forms of self-harm Michael Jackson might have committed with help. Um, and, and, he addi- and a lot of the addictions he had. Um, same with Princess Di. Another pivotal moment where media had to decide who they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. When people, when entities like TMZ changed, maybe not for the better, but changed, rebranded, uh, entities and more uh, social media entities were popping up. Perez Hilton deliberately went against the grain and continued to be shitty, very specifically to Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. This is for people that maybe were too young to remember this. At a time when, and all this is not aged well, because at a time when Britney Spears was being characterized as crazy, a lot when Britney Spears was being characterized as something that we know now was she was not a hundred percent responsible for. What we know now of her family, Perez Hilton went out of his way for reasons to this day to me unknown. To characterize her as a as a a bitter, bitchy lunatic, and a lot of it was mean spirited, and uh, in my mind, kind of piled on to what I think drove Britney Britney Spears, uh, what broke her mm-hmm. at that time. Perez Hilton was a monster. It was to a point where I know it's the media and we joke on people and we drag people, but it was to a point where a lot of people were like, no, wait, seriously, did she do something to you? 
because we're confused. He was he was really from you know, and this is me not really giving a shit about who Perez Hilton is. One thing that I did realize is that he was really a part of the whole Mean Girls cult of correct of blogging at the time, and 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 his whole modest operandi was being mean correct to people and just you know showing how much um, little self esteem he had in himself and. You know his unfavorable appearance um, <laughs> at the time. He was a monster. He was, as far as journalism is he concerned, trash. he was a monster. He was trash. And all that to say, all that to say, he doesn't get a pass with me. And he had the right idea in skulking into the shadows, being happy with his husband and and their child. And going the fuck away and letting and and just falling into obscurity where we don't have to think about your existence anymore. His whole thing of I don't I, I understand if people don't forgive me. Good, then shut the fuck up and go away, please. And my problem isn't so much with him because he's allowed to feel that way. My problem isn't so much with him as it is with the media for digging him up. We don't need that right now, especially with Britney Spears where she is in life right now getting herself free and getting herself mentally well and getting into getting back control of her own life we don't need to be reminded of yet another monster that conspired to plow her under go the fuck away find something else to write about find some find something else anyone else to write about Perez Hilton is a monster and fuck him and fuck you for and, and fuck you for unearthing his memory shut the fuck shut up shut the fuck up and the number one person who should shut up who should shut the fuck up ladies and gentlemen I give you Onika Tanya Mirage aka Nikki Mirage aka Nikki Mirage Minaj aka someone <laughs> Captain Kirk most likely fucked on Star Trek <clears throat> um Nikki has been the short version is that Nikki has been spreading misinformation. She claimed that the the she heard the vaccine gave her cousin enlarged testicles, and as a result of said testicles, his wedding his wedding was was called off because her fiance didn't want to marry didn't want to marry him anymore because he has big balls. Listen, this started so much shit that I don't have time to unpack. I mean, the like the health ministry in Trinidad mm-hmm. had to make a public statement that, in fact, the the vaccine is not enlarging people's testicles. And most people, in response to this statement, were like, "And I am people also. Uh, somebody needs to check him for STDs." Because that's really what happened. That's what happened. Uh, he stepped he needed up. an excuse. He said, "The pandemic." Pandemic. I got. I got the the the, the vaccine. That's why that's why my balls are swollen, baby. She was like, "Well, I can't have a man that's vaccinated with large testicles. <laughs> I must leave you, and no, I won't require you to take an STD test <laughs> because I know in my heart it was the vaccine and nothing else." I, like, first of all, even if you believe this story. No, I'm not even. I, no, I'm not going down that road because it's not worthy of it. There's no reason to believe this story. 
I can Jimmy Kimmel asked to produce the cousin. <clears throat> produce the cousin. And she didn't like that. And it, it, her response to... What did the cousin say? She didn't produce the cousin, so we never know. Oh. Oh, he told her to. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel was like, I want to meet the cousin. Oh. Produce the cousin. And and we all know that she won't because it's a lie. Well, she also said now the family has to go into hiding because of harassment. Suck my dick. No. The testicles were swollen, sir. <laughs> be, be, be sensitive. This is all a fucking cover to cover up the fact that it has made the rounds once again that you knowingly married a rapist. Yeah. This is what this is. And that your brother is, is also a rapist. The number one reason why I know she's wrong is because Tucker Carlson agrees with her. One, that that's all you need to know. If we don't, If you don't take anything else productive from this episode... Take this. If Tucker Carlson agrees with you, there's a 95 percent, 99.9%, 100% chance that you are wrong. Or at least have to entertain the idea. I, I used to have this rule about Perez Hilton, too. Perez Hilton agrees with you. You're wrong. If Tucker Carlson ever listens to this podcast and agrees with anything that we say, we're going to have to take a week off and talk about some things. It's true. It's true. A, a, f- a 50-year-old man of both sides agreeing with us, Yeah, it's time it, It's time to reevaluate where we want this podcast this, this is going to turn into a cooking show. Real <laughs> fast. <laughs> you ain't never lied. And I, I guess my thing is people trying to shoot her bail because it's Nicki Minaj. Fam, misinformation is misinformation, period. Point blank, period. Um, we're not at a time where misinformation is helpful, no matter who it's coming from, no matter how seriously I'm told I shouldn't take them. Because Nicki Minaj has fans that are gullible rubes that will follow and defend anything she says. You know how I know? Because there were Nicki Minaj stands outside the fucking CDC. Protesting what? I don't know. Because these people are fucking rubes. Because they're idiots. And we need to not inflame the idiots further. That does nothing for anyone. And Nicki Minaj, knowingly knowing this is a lie, and just looking for some shit to say, should not be lowering herself to the to the to the intellectual equivalent of Summer Walker. Well, oh, we're too late. <laughs> I would say maybe they were always on the same level. I mean, a, a you know a person with butt injections. <laughs> <laughs> telling me not to eat processed yeah, food. I, I'm like, Come you on. process. Uh, I mean, I'm, and I could be talking about either one of them. <laughs> it's true. I'm just saying. At this point, and there was no need for it. And, and, and like, I want, and I want Joanne Reed to shut the fuck up arguing with her. Joanne Reed is a is a a accredited, award winning journalist. You need not be arguing with Nicki Minaj. I understand it's for a worthy cause to speak truth to stupid. No, no, disengage. Everyone disengage. Stop talking to her. There's just some, she's reached the level of Candace Owens. Wow. Stop talking to her. Who was also on Tucker Carlson's show. Who has also been on Tucker Carlson's show. If both of them agree with anything that we say. I'm not doing podcasts anymore. I, I'm, well, I quit. Yeah, I quit. <laughs> it's, just, it, I, it's time to figure out something else. 
Uh, it, 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 if I ever, if, if if someone ever sends me some shit, and Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens are saying, "Well, are Oz and D. Randall right?" I think so. I think so. I'm like, hey, y'all. So the it's run been, was good. It's been real. It's been good. It's um, been a run. T-shirts are still on sale. Um, y'all can still <laughs> please donate to whatever we do yeah. to, to what to to making whatever we do a better that yeah um and it wouldn't be so bad if Nicki Minaj did not have a, a a history of saying bullshit and then getting mad and then going to war with people and expecting the barbs to defend her because that's what she's doing now mm-hmm. you challenge her on this bullshit she sticks the barbs on you uh she tries she tries to have people doxed. She's had at least two credible experts almost doxxed, which is just ugly in 2021. Um, you should not be stooping to the level of a Gossip Girl character. Um, it, it, Nicki Minaj is the worst. It's time for her to be over. It's time. It's time. It's, we're, not getting, we're not getting quality content from her. She's not saying anything worthy of listening to. She's just arguing with Joy Reid and uh, uh, Joe Button. To, to go away, go away, go away. It's time. It's time. It, she's up there with Kanye. It's time for Nicki Minaj to be over. Make the way for the young people. I don't know. Um, guest host RuPaul's Drag Race. I think that's what she was doing. She. We don't need anything. We don't even now. need that. We're, we're for, I, I think we're fine. Just shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck up. Just, just you know, just 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 make guest appearances to keep your to keep your own bag going if that's what you need to do. Offer your name. We don't need anything else from you, man. It's done. It's done. D. Randall, did we do a podcast? Oh, most certainly. We did an epic podcast. This is, they 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 need not complain. They need not complain about us and content. Um, guys, as usual, thank you so much. Um, next week. No, actually, next week I will be here. It's it, it's going to be birthday weekend. I will be a little drunk coming in. <laughs> I mean, give yourself give yourself a probably for now, <laughs> right? A probably. Oh, don't hold me to anything based yeah. on right now. Yeah. Keep track of me throughout the week and see how I feel. <laughs> uh, it's going to be birthday weekend. I will be outside. Some of you, I will get invitations to uh, some kind of gathering at some point. Um, we'll see what happens. We, we'll just see what happens. We'll we'll just keep it there. We're gonna play everything by ear because <laughs> uh, it's my first time really just being outside again. That's what I'm saying. So we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, if I'm if I'm not in if I'm not in central booking, you'll probably hear some kind of content from me. Um. So we'll just keep it there. We'll be probably, it's, it, it's entirely likely that we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. We'll see. <laughs> Until then, this has been episode 154 yep. of Opinions While Black. I've been Oz. I'm still D. Randall. And as always, forever imparting titties. Titties. Oh, uh, new merch. Wednesday, September 22nd. All right. Uh, OpinionsWhileBlack.com. Buy the merch. Already. Bye, niggas.